Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. Oh, a hearty good morning to you on this beautiful Tuesday here at the JP Peterson Show. Uh, we got so much to get into today. I'm very excited. Very excited about today's show. We've got uh, we've got we got issues with the bolts. We have got issues with your Tampa Bay Lightning that we need to discuss. Hard conversations to have, but we need to have them. You know, it's all good family. Sometimes there's there has to be a little bit of shakeup, and um, that time may be coming for your Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Bucks free agency is is upon us. Scott Reynolds going to join us at ten thirty from the Pewter Report. TJ Reeves will also join us. Uh, to talk some Bucks free agency, what's going on with Mike Evans. Starting to get a queasy feeling on that as well. Um, and we also have some Rays stuff that we need to talk about. I, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, and Ken Hagen uh, jumped on with us yesterday a little bit about the Rays' new ballpark. But I uh, definitely have some thoughts on the uncomfortable feeling that Stu Sternberg is having. I guess when, you know, good morning to you, Tim Ham, by the way, from our uh, Dallas affiliate with your broken nose. We're going to get to that story here in just a moment as well. Oh, my God. Good morning. But, uh, yeah, uh, rant on the way for my friend Stu Sternberg. How are you? Not good, huh? Um, I'm uh, playing injured today, man. I'm fighting through it. The the concussion's probably the worst part of all of it. But, uh, you know, the nose. The concussion. Yeah, the nose the I can deal with. This yeah, we'll we'll get into it later, but I'm I'm concussed for sure, concussed and doc, doctor diagnosed concussion. Uh, and then wow, this could be a really good show. Then doctor diagnosed really my my 18th career broken nose. 18th, 18th. How do you how do how do you, how do you have 18 broken noses? Man, I played a lot of hockey and a lot of basketball as a kid. Wow, as a teenager and a young wow. adult. So wow. this is recorded number 18, like on my medical record, number 18. I think that's more than Larry Zonka. Probably. I think he had the the uh, the record. I think the Zonka, the Zonka had the record. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, um, well, I guess we'll look forward to that story a little bit later <laughs> on as well. Yeehaw. Um, all right. So I wanted to begin today with uh, your Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, last night they fall 4-2 to two to the Ottawa Senators, and this is on the heels of a 9-2 to two spanking by the Florida Panthers. And, you know, this, this two games is not does not a season make, obviously. Two games does not a slump make. But last night, and we'll hear from John Cooper here and a couple of the players in just a second, John Cooper used the word flat and no emotion. Um which is kind of what we've seen from this team this year. This game reminded me a lot of the early season games where they just, you know, careless passing, um, you know, giving up two on ones, uh, un, you know, uh, all, all giving up goals on the rush again. Uh, Matthew Joseph, former Bolt, has two goals last night just using his incredible speed. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's like, what's going on with this team? At some points, they just go flat and they play with no emotion. And, you know, it just another word came to mind today to me, stale. This team looks stale to me. And it's, you know, why is that? You know, Kucherov notwithstanding. And last night, 
you know, Cooch had his uh, scoring streak broken, I think, um, I'm going to say 14 games, um, maybe maybe less than that. I think he had 18, eight, or 18 points in the last nine games. Um, anyway, he's obviously leading the league. He's had a phenomenal season. He is not stale at all. He is playing his ass off. The rest of the team just feels like they're kind of going through the motions a little bit. And last night was was it was, I think, Exhibit A. You're going to have clunkers like you do against the Panthers, who are you know right now playing better hockey than anybody in the league. They're they're they are playing the best hockey. They're the hottest team. They're the best team in hockey right now. And that switches right. There's an ebb and flow to the season. But right now, yeah, and when you face a team like that, and you give up a couple, and you you know, you start to hang your head a little bit. That you, you that's what's gonna happen. Nine to two. Nine unanswered goals. That's not that's that's gonna happen. They're gonna be clunkers, but you can't also just erase it. You can't just erase it and go, eh, okay. There's there's reasons why they scored nine goals in a row. And a lot of it has to do with indifference on the defensive end, leaving guys wide open at the back door. They had a some bad puck luck. But Ottawa, Ottawa, the bottom team in the Atlantic, and I know they've played better since uh the, since they've changed coaches. They're one of the faster teams, but they're still 30th in the league in defense. They're 30th in the penalty kill. You didn't even get a power play last night because, you know, frankly, you weren't, you didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. You weren't, you weren't dangerous enough. Um, they had 14 high danger chances. The Lightning had eight. I'm trying to remember the eight. There were, there was just, you know, the first, I thought they came out with great energy. You, you wanted to say, okay, look, um, you know, you lose to the Panthers nine to two. Vassy's coming back with a vengeance. He rarely loses two games in a row. Rarely loses two games in a row. And the Lightning obviously are part of that, right? The defensive core, they always bounce back. And you're, you're you know, against the last place team, you're thinking, okay, here's a here's a nice spot to hang a little five one on them, right? No, no, it doesn't happen. And you you go out and you outshoot them six to one early on. Okay, so you didn't score. Then they get one uh, on a, a great. Uh, Great play by Stutzla, by the way. Great, just absolutely abused Lilleberg on the boards and then forgot who it was in front, uh, did him dirty too, and and just roofed it. Just a great shot. But, you know, you can't be skating through two guys. You know, take him out. Take the body. Do some. Eliminate the player. He's dangerous. And you got you can't just let him walk in and toe drag and, you know, like he's at an all-star, like an NBA all-star game. I mean, we, we, we come on. There's got to be a price to be paid. And it just, and this, that, that's maybe where the emotion comes in. Uh, so it just, and look, this is an incredibly talented team. They have a championship pedigree. This is a team that can play better than this. I, they know that they know that. And I don't, I don't think there's a player on this team or, or anybody in the organization that would, would have a major disagreement with what I'm saying. But it's, you know, nobody really wants to say it out loud a lot of times, although Cooper did last night. You know, but I, I think the, the part is, you know, it does there need to be change? Yes, there needs to be change. And right now there's an opportunity for Breeze Bois to do that. He's got $8.6 million in cap room. And I would be absolutely shocked, floored, dismayed um, if he doesn't do something in a major way. I think there's a major change coming to this team. I don't, you know, I don't mean, I don't mean trading Stamkos. I don't mean, you know, Kucherov's not going anywhere. I don't mean change, but I think there's going to be an addition uh, or two that's going to raise some eyebrows, and there may be some subtractions that raise those same eyebrows. I don't think it's going to be the major, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame guys. It's not going to be those guys, but there could be some guys moved that maybe you're not expecting. 
because this team needs fire. It needs emotion. They've got, there's nobody, I don't see anybody in that room that is, you know, a, a crap starter, like a Pat Maroon, like, like a Corey Perry. These are the guys that were, you know, when, when they, when they're flat, these are the guys that stir the pot. And I'm not saying that, that they needed to hang on to them, but if you're going to get rid of them, you kind of need to bring somebody in that's going to add that fire. And I think I, I would be shocked if Breeze Bois is not looking. So when, when he's looking for players, I think that has to be a very, very important part uh, of the of the list of characteristics on that player, if not at the top of the list, because they're just stale. I don't know if you watched any of the game t- last night, Tim, but um, no, I, I did. Just, and the question I had for you, JP, and you know, I, I didn't watch other other than last night because I knew we'd be talking about it today. Is there a specific line? or two lines that are underperforming during this little stretch that we're talking about is, does there just need to be a line shakeup, moving some guys around, pairing some other guys with some other guys rather than a complete roster shakeup? Um, I think Coop's tried all that. You know, he, he moves them around pretty good. I think he's tried every, every uh, different combination he can. I mean, the bottom six is not producing like we need them to produce. There's no question about that. Um, you know, I think, uh, Kucherov has 35 more points than the next guy. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's very lopsided. And when Kuch, you know, last night he had five shots, two missed the net, three were blocked. So no shots on goal, which is shocking, especially this year. And when, so when he doesn't do something, you know, you score two goals and you look flat. You can't, you know, this, it's, and it's one of those things, uh, you know, there are certain players in, in the league. Um, you see this sometimes in college basketball, but you see it sometimes in, in basketball and hockey that are so dominant that the other, the other players are kind of just, you get so used to Cooch making plays. You just sit around waiting for him to make a play. Yeah, come on guys. You're getting yeah. paid too. Let's yeah, just, go. Just watch a Dallas Mavericks basketball game. Sometimes exactly. it looks like everybody's staring at Luca waiting for him to yeah. do something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, come on guys. You know, you can play too. You got ice time. Make a move. Do something. Let's go. I think Let's they're go. All, they're all wearing skates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, okay, 86 isn't out there right now. Maybe somebody needs to do something. Even when he's out there. Okay, let's go. You guys can do something too. Yeah. So I, I think maybe there's a little bit of that going on. So it just it just seems stale for me right now. And I think, um, you know, I think – I don't think Breeze Bois can come to any other conclusion that there needs to be an infusion of some – some personality, some some pops, some character, some not that there's and it's a great high character team. Don't get me wrong, it's not what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, a guy that that has, you know, the gravitas that can come in, you know, an Andrew Chuck, a Savard, you know, these these type of additions that come in, you know, Corey Perry and, and Pat Maroon when they were added to the group. You know, these guys come in and they stir the pot. They will, you know, they'll 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 fire it up. And I don't really um see a lot of that right now. So Listen, this team is supremely talented. You know, are they are they in a lull? I think you know this two game lull is is kind of symptomatic of what we've seen. They you know obviously they went on a run before the break, and they ripped off three in a row. This, this is a very talented team, but it's just consistency, playing with that emotion and that just desperation every single night. You're still the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're going to get everybody's best. Everybody's coming for you. They're used to that. That's nothing new. But, you know, they've, they've, in the past, they've always met it with that requisite intensity that n- they need to continue to play at an elite level. And I think this season, that's been missing a little bit. 
So I, I'm, I'll be very interested to see what Breeze Bois does with this group, with the opening that they have now. And his, um, his MO is not t- to tiptoe through the trade deadline. <laughs> now, he doesn't have the first-round pick ammunition that he used to have, um, but he's got – obviously, he's got players – He's got, um, you know, he's got some prospects that they brought up this year, some defensemen that I think other teams would covet. So we'll see. Um, but I think, I think there's going to be, um, you know, we're going to hit the Twitter machine or something's going to come in my email and it's going to be big. So nice. we'll see. So let's kind of get back to last night and let's, let's hit the post game. We've got three interviews here. Chafee, Mitchell Chafee, who scored last night, was a bright spot. Um, young player got his second goal last night starting to make his presence felt a little bit. And uh, Victor Hedman, and then we'll hear from from Coop as well. So following that loss to the Panthers, you guys have talked about the response. Does that make this loss even more disappointing? Yeah, I think so. I think we started how we wanted to, and then we had a little slump uh, in the middle. I think it cost us a little bit. Uh, I thought we got back to it later in the game, but, um, I mean, in this league, even you take a little bit of time off, and they're going to score a few goals, so... John Cooper talked about the speed of this team. Did you notice it out there? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, that they're going to transition very well, and that's exactly what they did. You mentioned to me about puck management. Was that just need to be better in this game? Yeah, I thought, I mean, they transitioned very well, so it it just proves that you need to be placing pucks behind them and making their D turn. And um, I thought we did better later in the game, but um, I thought there were spurts in the game where we needed to get back to that. You get your goal to make it 3-1. Did, did you like to response, or did you need a better response after getting back to within two? Yeah, I thought our team was responding really well later in the second. Um, I thought that we were doing what we wanted to do, and um, I thought later in the game even, you know, I thought throughout the third and stuff, we definitely were had our chances, and it's just capitalizing on those. So you've got a lot of ice time in this game. Where's your game at, you know, here in a couple of weeks, last past couple of weeks? I feel like it's it's trending upward. I mean, I think this coaching staff has a lot of trust in me, and I think I've kind of built that, and I'm just going to keep trying to play my game and take advantage of the ice time that he's giving me. Back-to-back days with potential practices for your team, do you think that that's good, or are you looking to back, get back out there and play again? Yeah, I think obviously after these two losses, you're looking back to getting back in the win column immediately, but I think we're going to take these two days and really bear down and focus and, and bring our next game. But there are relatively strong starts in this game and the last game, but you guys couldn't sustain it. Why? Uh, yeah, like I said, we had a good start, had a lot of good looks. Um, and to score the first one, we deflated a little bit, and uh, yeah, we uh, tried and tried, but uh, you know, we second period, 25 shot attempts, only eight hit the net, so um, that's a big issue, obviously. And give four goals and four goals off the rush, so. Uh, yeah, back to work tomorrow and uh, figure it out. But you say you guys deflated a little bit. That happened a lot early in the season, but it hadn't been there lately. Is there any reason why it's kind of crept back in here? Uh, I don't know. We, uh, we're not in a part of the season where that can happen, so uh, we just got to figure that out right away. And, you know, we've, uh, we've come a long way, and these last two games have been stepped backwards, so we just got to make sure that we stop the bleeding now and don't feel sorry for ourselves because it's too late in the season for that. So... We just gotta, yeah, take the bull by the horn and get back to work tomorrow. You mentioned coming off of Saturday's game, looking for the right response. Result aside, did you get the right response? I mean, we, we need points, and we, we time of the season, and 
like we had a push, but uh, it's a little too late, and you know, preventable goals too, and it's just uh, yeah, tough one to swallow. But uh, we got two days here with good practices to to figure it out and get ready for wash. John Cooper mentioned negating their speed a little bit. Does that start with puck management? 100%. And uh, super fast team, and uh, they burn us a couple of times, obviously, today. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, you play a team like that, you got to get pucks deep and, and let them go 200 feet. So, uh, you know, if you turn pucks over, they're going to go quickly the other way, and that was evident today. You know, wanting a good response tonight, I mean, what did you think about maybe the, the way that you guys responded tonight? Uh, well, I thought we responded well till for nine minutes and 15 seconds. And um, anyway, we spent the you know first 10 minutes of the period in their end and had a whole bunch of moments that you know rose the uh, heart rate and uh, they didn't go in. And then as soon as they uh, got that first one, that we were just flat and uh, you know, maybe it's remnants from what happened the other night but our, just everything changed after that and we just couldn't I mean couldn't quite get it back um, you know especially after they you know went up to uh, that was the disappointing part of, of the night is that you know there's a ton of game left and and we were just flat or there was no emotion and so that was the disappointing part uh you know, for me, after what I thought was a good response in the first 10 minutes. How tough is that to see, especially given you know, what you've talked about all along, is that you, know, you guys are in, in a need here for... Yeah, well, that's the disappointing, because you can't get this back. I mean, there goes an opportunity to get points, and everybody around you won today, and and you didn't. And so, you know, we can't be doing this win one, lose one, win two, lose two. That's... Uh, it's not going to get it done for us. And so um, you know, it was the, the fact that you know, we'd been playing some pretty good hockey for for some time. And then, um, you know, we're back to we just gave them their opportunities. And, um, you know, if you're going to give the two-on-ones or you turn the puck over and do those things that we did, you know, these good, fast teams are going to get you, and they got us tonight. So a lot of that was on us. And there's, um, you heard it from all three of them. I thought Hedman's uh, comments were very interesting. It's like, you know, you ask about the response after an I-2 loss. He's like, eh, we need to get points. So, you know, it doesn't matter how you come out. It doesn't matter, you know, whether you push back. It matters whether you get two points against the last place team in the Atlantic. You can't let these things slip away because we all know when it comes down to the last few games, this is going to be a nail biter right now. Uh, they're in the wild card, the last wild card. They're one point up on Detroit. They're uh, three behind Toronto. Uh, every one of these games is is huge. Now, do they have the uh, advantage of an easier schedule down the stretch? They do. Um, but still, you got to go out. You know, this is one of those games where you're supposed to win. You're at home. You're all coming off nine two. Where where are you? Get it done. You're you're not you're not an ascending team. You're a team that should be that should be playing its best hockey right now, and you're not. You know, they even sounded yeah. flat in the interviews, you know? Like, yeah, it's right, just, right. like, that's almost like a, a mindset going around the locker room. Even Cooper sounded kind of, like, defeated, you know? Like, and he kind of sounds yeah, like that all the you time. say that. Yeah, yeah. It just, you know, I could come back to that word, Tim. Stale. It yeah. just feels like it needs a little, some, some juice. 
These guys, these guys need some juice. And, you know, when you've won as much as they have, this is natural. This is human nature. So, you know, and I, I don't think there's anybody in the league that's better than John Cooper at sensing these things and making something happen, whether it's the changing of lines. But, I, you know, I'm sure he and Breeze Bois are cooking up something. And I think they, they understand exactly where they're at. Here's the thing. When you've won as much as they have, when you've won two cups and you've been to all these finals, you know what the recipe is. You're tasting that thing and you're going, something's missing. <laughs> I know what this is supposed to taste like. Something's missing. Somebody go get a bunch of Corey Perry and pour this crap in here <laughs> or, or whoever it's going to be. We need something that's going to make this stuff pop. And it's not popping right now. It's not. And uh, it's, it's, and and you've got a lot of good ingredients in that pot, man. You got a lot of good stuff, but you know, I don't know if you're, if you're a cook, Tim, I think you are. Oh, yeah. And I am as well. Yeah. And I don't cook by recipe. I cook oh. by taste. I'm constantly tasting that thing. And you, and these guys know what it tastes supposed to taste like. Yeah. And right now it's, it's, it's stale. It needs some pop. And um, to make all the rest of those ingredients work, you got to have that little secret ingredient, whatever's missing, you get to brings it all together that makes it go boom. And right now, there's no boom. No, nope. there's no boom. It, it look, and it looks it looks bad, man. It looks bad on the ice. I, last night I was watching it again. I don't watch a, a ton of of Rays hockey unless they're playing the Stars. Or lightning high or lightning or, hockey. Sorry, we'll get to the Rays you know what? I made that, I made that mistake on my show the other day. You're talking. concussed, bro. You're concussed. <laughs> what? what? I have no excuse for making those mistakes. You're of, of lightning you're hockey. Yes. Unless they're playing the Stars or the Habs, you know. I mean, I'm yeah. not watching them. But, right, of uh, uh, you know, it's just, man, like, watching last night, I just, man, this reminds yeah. me of a really bad Stars team that I used to watch. You know? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, a couple comments here before we move on to some of the uh, the Rays stuff I wanted to get to in the first Part James says, uh, JP, sure, Bolts have had their moments, but for the most part, they've been underperforming all year without something from GM. If they make the playoffs, it will be an early exit again. Um, I would agree with that. Uh, the excuse last year was the Lightning were tired from all the playoff runs. Now this, but when you lose the quality of players and don't replace them adequately, this is what you end up with. And as he mentions here, it's the cap. Unfortunately, the NFL cap um, – always goes up. The NHL cap does not because TV deals are not that lucrative. You end up developing the talent and eventually losing most of them. Yep. That's the cycle in the NHL. And that's why when you have such a sustained run that the lightning have had, it's unusual. It is unusual. And it's very hard to do in this league, the turnover of champions. I mean, you go from seventh, eighth place to, to Stanley cup champions in a heartbeat. We saw St. Louis do. we saw Florida do it for God's sakes, Florida, you know, didn't almost didn't make the playoffs. For God's sakes, they need a miracle on the last day, and they damn near won the cup. And you get first-year expansion teams that that compete. Yes, look at Vegas and, and Seattle. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's it it well, it's it's interesting. We'll and there there's a long way to go in this season. So I'm kind of I'm kind of jazzed about it to be honest with you. I think there's going to be some some major changes, and then we'll see what they you know Coop put it all together and see them make a run. Um, I, I think you know. Get your popcorn ready because uh, I think something fun is going to happen. All right. I got to get to uh, – I talked a little bit about this yesterday, Timmy, but I'm, I'm going to um, hit it a little bit more because I'm in studio today. Um, Stu Sternberg this past weekend was on uh, Fan Fest and was on with uh, J&Z on WDAE, the home of the Rays. Um, <laughs> I say that because 
you know, it's, I understand what happens to you on that station. If you criticize Stu Sternberg, uh, you start your own. Oh, podcast. is it one of those? Oh no. <laughs> well, you don't get uh ratings bonus checks and get fired unless, you know, somebody, uh, somebody somebody that with a lot of power says you know i really don't like that guy talking about me that way you know talking the truth about how much money i'm making and and everything that's going on with the race i mean we're trying to you know we're trying to put out this propaganda here and here comes this dude you know bringing up facts and all the truths you know we can't have that around here right you're our media partner we can't have anybody on that station literally telling everybody that we are actually making tons of money um so yeah bye-bye um allegedly (laughs) Um, so, so he tells them that the team payroll, which will uh, perhaps surpass 90 million for the first time is quote uncomfortable. And as a result, the team will quote, be in the well negative territory on the profit and loss page. Come on. Take a deep breath here. Are you effing kidding me? Are you effing kidding me? You have made, on the backs of this market, by the way, my friend, that you have no, done nothing but disparage, saying it's not an MLB market. St. Pete will never be an MLB city. It'll never work in St. Pete until you give me $1.2 billion of public money. Then I'm going to love St. Pete. Oh, that's great. You're getting $1.2 billion of public money, not right into your pockets, but eventually it'll find its way there probably in some shame or fashion, a f- form or fashion. You you have made you bought your you put in reportedly fifty million dollars of two hundred million to buy the race some fifteen years ago. Um, it is now worth at least one point five, probably closer to two billion dollars. And according to the lawsuit, you took out five hundred million dollars and put it into another company that you solely control. According to the lawsuit, which was uh, that that was sworn testimony in that lawsuit, uh, in uh, in order to get those. Uh, and anyway, the, the allegations in the lawsuit, that was sworn testimony. Uh, it's not just allegations by, by a bunch of partners. So these are, these, these are by, by punishment of perjury, they have to put these things out there. And, the, and it's all documented in the lawsuit if you go, go look at it, which is still ongoing, by the way. The man has, has made over a billion five in profit. And you want to sit there and tell me that your profit and loss sheet this year is going to be uncomfortable? You've made a billion five while people can't put freaking dinner on the table while people can't pay their freaking rent that you're, you want to go out there and buy tickets. You're going to sit there in front of a mic and say, you're uncomfortable making a billion dollars. Shut the F up. Be somewhat self-aware for God's sakes. What's going on in this country right now to sit there and say, you're uncomfortable. Really Stu, you're uncomfortable. And please, if you don't know this, folks, any business can show a profit or loss any way they want to do it, no other way they want to cook the books. And there are a few people that are better at cooking the books than, than the business of baseball. Okay, folks, that's how all businesses do it. But you want to talk about profit and loss? And I, th- and I call holy BS on the fact that you're going to lose money this year. Why? Because that after you pay yourself $10 million in management fees, allegedly, are you, are you serious? Your, your revenues are well over $300 million. With, with, with the money you get, with the money you took up front from your annual local TV deal, which was reportedly over $85 million, that's part of the $500 million that went into this new company, allegedly, according to the lawsuit. 
You're going to sit there and say you're uncomfortable that you might lose money. Oh, Stu's going to lose money this year, Timmy. Stu's going to lose money. Oh, no, he's let's not. Start a, let's start a GoFundMe. Should we start a GoFundMe? He's not losing And, and maybe, we, maybe we can make sure that he doesn't get put in the poorhouse. I mean, I hope he's able to pay the rent on those million-dollar homes that he has. Where's he going to live? guy. Let him know. I don't know. There's no affordable housing in St. Pete. No. Where's he going to go? I'm so... I'm so sad for him. Does he even live in St. Pete? He's uncomfortable. He's uncomfortable with a $90 million payroll. Good thing he doesn't own the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? How are smart people are so stupid? kidding me? Uncomfortable. We'll be well in the negative territory on the profit and loss page. Oh, so, oh, the billion dollars plus that he's made off this team is not enough. It's not enough. I need more. Let me get $1.2 billion out of the city of St. Pete. Then I won't be as uncomfortable. I'll be a little bit more comfortable. Okay? So feel sorry for me. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> That's just a poor choice of words anyway. Uncomfortable. Oh. Yeah. That's the worst yeah. possible choice of yeah. words. And it's just like, are you are you kidding me? And, and by the way, you know, the obvious. $90 million payroll is peanuts in this business, bro. Peanuts. You know why? Because they get $50, 60 $70 million in revenue sharing, reportedly, the, the central fund money. I mean, the right. revenues are well over $300 million. With a $90 million, it's uncomfortable. I know, what am I going to do with the rest of the $200 million? Pay the light bill. You know how much the light bill is at Tropicana Field? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, we got to get to Scott Reynolds here. Uh, quick break. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Well, <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S, lawgroup.com. Scott Jeeves rightly predicted that the FSU uh, lawsuit will uh, produce a settlement. Looks like that's happening. But call Scott Jeeves. He will take care of you. His army of attorneys over there will uh, take care of you in any way you need and give you that personal attention. If big enough to fight the big insurance companies, but small enough to make you important, that's the Jeeves Law Group. Back with Scott Reynolds of the Peter Report. We're going to talk some bucks in three minutes. Stay with us. JP here for my friends at your local Synovus Bank. And I do mean friends, and I do mean local. One of the local managers in Tampa is John Acosta, big fan of the show, and I've known him for over 40 years. He's been in local banking since 1983. You talk about developing relationships. You don't stick around for that long unless you're doing things the right way and have a great reputation. And that's the focus company-wide at Synovus. Big enough to handle any complex international transaction, but small enough to answer the phone when you have an urgent question about your business or personal account. And for personal accounts, they have a very easy app that works great. You can do everything online. And for large or small businesses, you will get that personal touch and services to help build your business, taking your dreams and aspirations from the whiteboard to reality. We can make that happen. Let us show you how. For a get-acquainted meeting to open a business or personal account, just call John or go to synovus.com to find out where your local branch is. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just 
get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results, non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. JP here for the Geddes Gordon Real Estate Group and our good friend Jane Geddes. Folks, simply put, there is nobody like Jane. Jane is a former LPGA two-time major championship winner. She was also vice president of talent relations at WWE. She also has a law degree from Stetson. So if Jane can drain a 10-footer to win the U.S. Open and stare down Hulk Hogan in the boardroom, you want Jane on your real estate team to not only negotiate the best deal, but find you the perfect home or investment property. And when you work with the Geddes Gordon Group, you become part of the real estate family and get concierge services that include expertly staging marketing and preparing your home for sale. Advice on golf properties. Hey, you might even get some golf tips. Many of their clients become friends long after the sale or purchase is completed. It's all part of the deal. So if you're looking for that perfect home or investment property or trying to get top dollar for your home, go with Jane Geddes and the Geddes Gordon Group because there's nobody like Jane. Call 813-485-6808 or go to geddesgordon.kw.com. That's G-E-D-D-E-S gordon.kw.com or call 813-485-6808. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. The great Chris Lugo. We'll get you right with your immune system, with your nutrition, uh, with your testosterone. Uh, which I gotta, forgot to give myself my shot. I gotta get. I gotta get self-inflict my uh, testosterone shot here. Sometimes you just you just forget. Uh, but it, whatever you need, Bay Area Modern Medical Center is there for personalized medicine, folks. If you're not getting personalized medicine, you're not doing it right. Bammc.com. All right, let's bring in a happy customer of Bay Area Modern Medical Center, the great Scott Reynolds. From the Pewter Report, how are you doing, my friend? Doing good. T for Tuesday, yes. JP. That's how you remember. T for, for Tuesday. <laughs> for testosterone. Yeah. I should have put that together. It's yeah. T-Day. It it's T-Day. And I don't mean taco. Right. Um, for, me, it's, for me, it's Wednesday. I do my it, shots on Wednesday. Well, and and by, so many people are like, wow, you, you give yourself a shot? I'm like, yeah. yeah that you know, hurt. That's easy. The needles so I'm, I'm deathly afraid of needles. Like, I pass out when I see a needle and I was forced to give myself shots for a little while uh-huh. and it did not go well. You, you give them to you, you give them to yourself in the, the butt or the thigh. What's your thigh. point of contact? Thigh. Okay. Thigh. I go backside for me. I go backside. I tried uh, both. I couldn't get comfortable with either. One. I'm, I'm more flexible than you, Scott. You know. Well, yeah, of course you. Yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> it's better when you have a, a beautiful young lady the in the house to give it to you. Yeah. He likes it in the back, sir. All right, all right. <laughs> Tim, uh, sorry about the nose, but I imagine the other guy looks worse, right? Well, we'll get to yeah, that here shortly. I didn't get the story. Yeah. I'd like to. Stan has a broken nose. Yeah. What? I'd like to uh, offer that theory that the other guy looks worse, but we'll. We'll save that. We'll tease that. <laughs> Was it a fight? You, you, you keep putting it off. The fans want to know. You we'll, know? we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll talk about some more important things like uh, like Bucks free agency. Um, so so the uh, the Monday deadline came and went, yep. and no deal for Mike Evans or Baker Mayfield. That's not unexpected, but Correct. it will cost the Bucks 
a little bit on the salary cap. Now they can yep. massage it down the road. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. But I think the the major feeling is here, and I think you guys have reported this as well, that the Bucks and Mike Evans are are are, are not very close in terms of negotiations. What, what are your thoughts? Where is this at right now? Yeah, I mean, you have to remember a couple of things. Number one, there has yet to be since 2014 a free agent that has hit the market that the Buccaneers wanted back that didn't come back. Jason Light, Mike Greenberg, their track record is impeccable. They keep the players that they want to keep. They have not lost a guy. I mm-hmm. think I think the only guy they really wanted back was was Russell Shepard back in the day. And and that's just because he was like a really good special teams guy. Yeah. He wouldn't even a starter, right? Right. Um, they would have liked to have had Nacho back, Raheem Nunez Rochez as a depth piece, but every yeah. starter that they've they yeah. allowed to hit free agency Main starter, they've yeah. gotten back. Okay. And so let's start there. Number two, the Buccaneers over the last two years have allowed three big name starters on the defensive side to hit free agency. I'm talking about Carlton Davis two years ago, Jamel mm-hmm. Dean and Levante David last year. Yeah. And the market was not as robust for those three players as those three players expected it to be. Yeah, the agents did. Okay. Right. So the, yeah. the Buccaneers played a little game of chicken, right? And and they they got those players back cheaper than than they would have otherwise if they had made the first move and, and signed them to the deal that those players had thought they were worth. So having said that, when you marry those two concepts, if you right. let Baker Mayfield and you let Mike Evans test the market, um, at the worst case scenario, which is they receive a huge offer from another team, they'll bring that back to Jason Light because both Baker and Mike have exceptional relationships with Jason Light, with Todd Bowles, with Mike Greenberg, the Bucks assistant GM capologist. Mm-hmm. And, and at least Tampa Bay will have an opportunity to look at that offer and say, we will match it, come back, or they'll have a chance to pass. So the, the issue with Mike Evans, and I know that's that's the, the, the hot button topic, right? Because he is Mr. Buccaneer. He is he is the, the franchise guy on the offensive side of the ball. Probably, actually, he will be the first Buccaneer offensive player inducted into the Hall of Fame, joining the likes of five defensive players, including Tony Dungy, defensive line head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, with Evans, he's probably going to fetch around $25 million per year, wow. maybe a little bit more. No. But the thing is this. There is not a player, because if, if you look at the Cooper Cup deal, which I think it's $26 million, um, and even DeAndre Hopkins, all of those receivers right now that, that have you know set this market, if you will, and, um, you know, and I'll, I'll pull it up right here just so I'm talking intelligently, uh, obviously, Tyreek Hill, you know, he's he's exceptional. He's making $30 right. million per year. Devontae yeah. Adams is making 28. Cooper Cup is making 26.7. A.J. Brown making 25. All of those players sign those deals before the age of 30. So right. Mike right. Evans is in a little bit of uncharted waters here. Yeah. And 30 is kind of that magical age where point. teams and also running backs, they're like, yeah, you know, that's when the hamstring issues flare up. Yeah. It's like, you notice the speed decrease, the big plays go down. Now, Mike had a robust year at age 30. There's no doubt about it. Huge. But nobody, including Mike, including, you know, 
Jason Light, they can't predict when that drop-off is going to occur, when right. Mike will no longer be a 1,000-yard receiver. He'll be an 800-yard receiver or a 750, right? That's going to happen at some point in time. Yep. And so there is that element right there. Mike will be 31 in August before the start of the season. That's two or three years younger, or I should say older, older yeah. than guys like Adams and Cup. And and even Tyreek Hill, and that's a lot, and that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, especially at the at the end of your career, right. those two exactly. or three years matter more than they do. And if you're you know 25 or 27, right? When you're when you're 30, 31, that's different than 25, 27. So that that is that, that that's that's a big thing. Okay, well then why don't you use the franchise tag on Mike? Or Baker Mayfield. Why are you, why are you going to use it on, on Antoine Winfield Jr.? Kills your cap. You can't it spread it out. Cap. Yeah. It's a static number yeah. that can't be lowered Massaged. in that given year. Yeah. Massaged, right. So for Baker Mayfield, the quarterback number is $36.293 million. Not doable. Okay. Not doable. All right, because th- that completely inhibits your ability to be flexible and sign free agents. It gobbles up so much cap room. Now you say, okay, well, well, why not use it for Mike Evans? The ca- the franchise tag number for wide receivers is just over $20 million. It's 20.672. And if you're telling me that Mike could fetch 25, well, that seems like a bargain, right? Yes, in theory, that works out perfectly. The problem is this. There's a rule that says if your cap value from the previous year is higher then the franchise tag number, and that's the case with Mike. Mike's cap value last year was $23.698 million, Okay, so just under $24 yeah. Million. yeah. Then Mike's cap number will be 120% of the franchise tag number. So oh, that pushes yeah. Mike's own franchise tag number now. Exactly. It's a caveat. So that that pushes Mike Evans' franchise tag number to twenty eight point four million. That's a yeah. huge difference between twenty point six and twenty eight point four. No go. Yeah. It's a complete no go. And on top of that, if if we're if we're saying Mike could fetch twenty five million dollars on the open market, well then that then you're essentially paying him three million more, actually closer to four million more. Yeah, with the franchise tag than you would. With a long-term deal, and with a long-term deal, you can massage that number and lower that first-year cap number down, and create even more and have more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as cost prohibitive in terms of, of of that static number being thirty-six million for Baker, right? Yeah, but twenty-eight million. That's then you look at Antoine Winfield Jr.'s franchise tag number; it's sixteen million. So th- that's why Winfield's getting the franchise tag. Is because his franchise tag number is sixteen million. Is the lowest just much exactly twelve million dollars less than Evans and twenty million dollars less than Mayfield. Yeah, well, the math works out there. And uh, you know, yesterday we were talking a little bit about Mike, and and I said, listen, you know, it, it sucks for everybody, but if Mike is is you know at this point of his career, if he wants to chase the money yeah. and go to Houston, which is a very competitive team, yeah. his hometown team. Who can fault him for that? Right. Nobody. Nobody. Yep. I mean, it's just it is what it is. He's he's done, and and I'm I'm here to say that next year I'm going to miss him. Yeah. At age 32, 
26 million a year. Right. I might not miss him at age yes. 34 mm-hmm. at 26 million a year. I'm yep. definitely not going to miss him. You know, you're right. So and it will actually be more than that because right. if he does sign a three year deal, yeah. he's not going to be hitting the cap for 26 million this year. It's going to be right. closer to 20 million or maybe right. even 18. Yeah. And then that means that that difference is going to be Pushed higher down. cap yeah. numbers when he's like you said, it's all on the back end. Yeah. That's how they do the that to end. save money. Yeah. They put it on the back end. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the, the other thing too, that we have to consider is that, that um, yes, the Buccaneers would take a step back in terms of scoring and, and offense. And it would not make Baker Mayfield the happiest cat in the world. At the same time though, it does free up about $25 million that, you would have had otherwise that yeah. maybe you can go out go out and now you're maybe you're in the market for a Brian Burns or, you know, a Daniel Hunter or some. And there are other receivers out there in the draft. And this is a very, yeah. very wide receiver rich draft. And we've yeah. seen Jason Light double up and flood the position before, yeah. right? You go back to 2015, you draft the two offensive linemen in the second round, Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet. Last year he drafted the two uh, outside linebackers. Jose Ramirez in the, in the final round and Yaya Diaby in the third. So this is one of those drafts. If you do lo- lose Mike Evans in free agency, you probably draft a wide receiver in the first round and you mm-hmm. might come back in the third or fourth round and get another one just to kind of stockpile that position and hedge your bets. Yeah, the bottom line is, is this a better team with Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield? Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. It, but it's not, a, it's not a Tom Brady situation where you just right. – throw caution to the wind and you just start loading, you bring everybody back and you push all the money into the future and just say, screw it. We're just going all in because Baker's not that guy. He's he's not that guy. So there's a line in the sand with Baker that you you feel comfortable saying, okay, you're good enough. Right. Where, where if we don't have Baker, we're taking a big step back. Right. We're acknowledging that everybody's acknowledging that, but you don't, I mean, and he might, he's well within his right to say, um, I deserve Daniel Jones money at 40 million. Well, sure. here's the news flash. <laughs> Daniel Jones ain't worth $40 million. Exactly. You know? That's the thing. Yeah. And, and his agent's going to say, well, he's on there, but you know, that yeah. doesn't make it right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't want to make that same mistake. So, you know, in the end, and, and I think what you brought up about relationships is really, really huge. And it's, it's, it, it's important here because and it's not just a relationship. It's the mm-hmm. culture that has been developed here in Tampa Bay um, by the Glazers, by Jason Light. Everybody wants to play here. And every and Mike Evans, do you think Mike wants to stay here? Yes. Yeah. Do you think Baker wants to stay here? Yes. Absolutely. They want to be here. But, you know, they also are not going to, you know, leave – 20, 30, $40 million on the table. They're not doing right. that, nor should they. Well, yeah, but, and if I can just stop you for one second about Baker, this is really, really important to know because there are two sides to this coin. Right. On one hand, he played last year for about $7 million, $4 million in base salary, then with the incentives, about seven. The average starting quarterback makes about $20 million. So in Baker's mind, He's got to kind of recover that $13 million. Like you, your your window, your earnings window is only open for so long. When you enter the league and then when you leave, right? And it's not like a profession like mine where this is my 29th year covering the Buccaneers for Peter Report. Um, rarely do you have guys play as old as Tom Brady or Rondé Barber. Right. They are the the unicorns. Uh, usually the average length of, of an NFL player's career is three years. Yeah. So for Baker, in his mind – He's got to kind of recover that $13 million. Then, if, you, if the reports are accurate, there was an investment scheme that he felt 
victim to where he yeah. lost $12 million of his previous earnings. So 13 plus 12, it's $25 million worth of revenue that in his mind, he probably needs to recover. Who knows when things get litigated, if you're actually going to receive the money or not. Right. Exactly. Um, so you're right, JP. It is a thing where, wow, if the Bucks are offering 30 or 32 and he gets an offer for 40, that's an average of $8 million, not just in one year, but if it's over four years, now you're talking $32 million, right? That's huge. That's, that's, that, that's a lot of money, okay, to, yes. to turn down. Now, the other side of the coin is Baker got jettisoned by the place that made him the face of the franchise when they picked him number one overall, right? So ultimately they said, we don't want you. Carolina said, we don't want you. The Rams didn't re-sign him, and they said, we don't want you. The Buccaneers wanted him. Um, he has been either waived or traded or cut uh, or not re-signed in three other spots. This is a team that wants him. Baker's going to turn 29 in April. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how long is that earnings window open? Three years, four years, five years, six years? Probably six would be about the max, right? Yeah. yeah. Then he's into his mid-30s. Um, you're going to get one more shot at this, Baker. This is like yeah. maybe maybe two more contracts, but, but probably this one. I think Baker knows the value of finding your fit, being in a place where you want to be and where you're wanted right? because he has experienced rejection in yes. three other NFL teams within the span of one year. Right. So there is value in that. And then for laymen like Tim and JP and, and myself and Tim, I apologize. You do look like a multimillionaire, so I don't want to insult you. Okay? <laughs> I mean, look, look at this. Well, yeah, you get the big screen TV back there. I mean, you know, that you, you know, you get 32 inches still a big screen. Mansion. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's depth no. perception. It looks huge yeah, from right. here. Um, but, but it's actually right behind me. That's how small it is. Okay. All right. So it's only a 75 inch. Okay. I'll give you that. But, but the thing is this, when you look at, at, um, you know, $30 million over, let's say two years are guaranteed. Let's say you sign a three or four year deal, two years are guaranteed. That's $60 million, right? That should be enough for most people to live. You should, yeah, should be, you should be okay should with that. Be. Okay, not for so, Stu Sternberg. He would be uncomfortable. <laughs> True, of course. Very uncomfortable. But for anybody but Stu, that you're, yeah. you're talking sixty million dollars. So yeah. for, forget the 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 thirteen that you got to make up, the twelve that you lost the investment scheme. Okay, this is your recovery. Boom, sixty million dollars. Even if you blew every penny that you had prior, you got sixty million dollars guaranteed. Okay, yeah. so and you're you want to chase that extra thirty-two, right? Or are you, are you comfortable with the 60? And, no, I agree. And you get to enjoy life being in a place where you want to be in a place that wants you. Baby on the way, yep. all that good stuff. All right, um, let's let's talk a little bit more about um, the combine coming up, the draft coming up. Um, you know, these are, I think, obviously, free agency is going to dictate where you yep. go in the draft. Obviously, it's going to be a big part of it. Um, where are you? You guys went to to the Senior Bowl. Yep. You saw a lot of the, those prospects. The Bucks mm -hmm. have typically drafted, you know, at least one from the Super Bowl, sometimes two and Senior Bowl. Yeah. So two and three. Where are you at right now with as far as draft projections and the mock draft you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean, our our latest mock draft, we had a guy that was supposed to be at the Senior Bowl but opted out because of injuries. That's uh, Graham Barton from Duke, the yeah. uh, left tackle yeah. who would kick inside. You know him well from your ACC days against yes. Florida State. He's 
Dominant. He he's very similar to Ali Marpet, right? But he yeah. but played at Duke rather than Hobart College. He's a guy that will kick inside because he has shorter than ideal arms. Yeah, they tried that with Luke Gedeke, but but Luke was a right tackle. This guy is even more athletic coming from the left tackle. They've had success doing that. Cody Malk was a left tackle at North Dakota State. Ali Marpet was a left tackle at Hobart College. Alex Kappa was a left tackle at Humboldt State. They've all made a very successful transition inside. And, and I think that, that Graham Barton's more talented uh, coming in than Kappa and, uh, and, and Malk are. So yeah. I, I think that could be, if not wide receiver or edge rusher, you're looking interior offensive line, possibly right there. Could he play um, center, you think? He can also play center. Yes, matter of fact, he was supposed to play a good deal of center at the Senior Bowl, but again, didn't end up making the trip to Mobile. But he did start. He had five starts at center his freshman year. And then he moved to left tackle. So okay. yeah, he's comfortable doing that. He's got it. He's got film tape doing that. And um, so I, I think interior offensive line, you're looking at um, uh, edge rusher for sure. This is not a great edge rusher draft class. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are s- some guys I like, but it's, it's not terribly deep with yeah. guys that are bona fide, you know, edge rushers that are going to come in. I think if Yaya Diaby was in this year's class, he's probably a second round pick. And um, so that's more of a free agency target. You think Um, I heard you guys talking on your podcast about a few guys that are out there. Um, I forget their names. You can probably bring them up here. Yeah. Andrew Van Ginkle um, from, from Miami would be a really good value signing. Uh, Josh Uche from the new England Patriots who, who was kind of a fringe first round guy coming out of Michigan a couple of years ago, but tore his Achilles during his pre-combine workouts and then fell in the draft. So I think that those are two names. Uche's had an 11-sack season, but then kind of fell back a little bit this year. Van Ginkle uh, can play linebacker. He can also play outside linebacker. I think he had 21 pass breakups. Um, I mean, this Todd wow. Bowles likes to drop his outside linebackers in coverage. We've seen JPP have a couple of interceptions yeah, during yeah. his Pro Bowl year. Shaq Barrett yeah. has had a couple memorable interceptions doing the yeah. same thing. Uh, this is a, a, a guy that he had a pick six. He picked off a screen pass against Washington last year. He gets his hands up. Um, he, he had six and a half sacks filling in for Jalen Phillips at Miami. And he, he probably can be had for one of those one-year prove-it deals that they gave Shaq Barrett, one-year $5 billion. That would probably get Van Ginkle here. I think the Dolphins value him, but mm-hmm. they have other pressing needs in free agency. Yeah. And Phillips is going to be c- coming back from that injury. And, and 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 Uche, I think it's the change of changing of the guard up there. Um, I, I, I think they probably want some new blood there. He's still a very young pass rusher. I think he's a couple years younger than Van Gingle, who will be 29 this year. So those are a couple of names to, to watch because they have to re-sign they're, they're, they're fab five. We're talking Evans, Mayfield, Winfield, yep. uh, Levante, David, and Chase McLaughlin. They're not going to have a whole bunch of cap money left over, so don't expect them to re-sign those five and then be in the Brian Burns market um, or the Josh Allen or right. Bryce yeah. Huff market. That's, yeah. that's not going to happen. But a value signing, a one-year prove-it deal like they've done successfully with Baker Mayfield, with Shaq Barrett, that's probably more – which you're going to see. I would also think that ideally you want an upgrade over Robert Hainsey at center, and yeah. then you need a, a new left guard, right? Aaron Stinney's not going to get the job done, and you're not going to re-sign Matt Filer. But I don't know if this team wants 
three interior offensive linemen being rookie, rookie, second year player. Yeah. I, I think yeah. they're fine with one rookie, whether it's center, whether it's guard, but then what the are, other what guy. About the mysterious Nick Leverett, who played so well when he came in last year. Two years yeah. It, he, he played okay. He but didn't, didn't play he, a snap, hardly any this year at all. Didn't have a great preseason. And they yeah. saw him in training camp, and Stenny was a little bit better, you know? Yeah. So. That's just how it goes sometimes. And and I think Aaron Brewer is a name to keep in mind from Tennessee. He was a okay. center. He can also play guard. Um, also, if you're looking for some connections, um, uh, the uh, I think his name is Connor. I just wrote about him and I forgot. But um, he played for the, the Rams, and he is their starting center. Let me pull him up here. Of course, go. we got plenty of Rams connections now with, yeah, with exactly. Cohen and the offensive line coach. Right. So, uh, and that player's name is, I don't study the Rams that much. So, no. uh, Col- Coleman Shelton. So, he was the starting center for the Rams, 6'4, 299. He's bigger than Brewer. Brewer's more like a Shaq Mason size, 6'1, about 290. Very mm-hmm. athletic, very strong, powerfully built, kind of like a fire plug. Um, if you're looking for a bigger body, Connor Shelton's that guy, 6'4, 299. Um, and he's got the familiarity in in the Liam Cohen system, having played with the Rams, and he can also play guard as well. So either one of those guys, Brewer or or Connor, um, you can get a guy uh, or not Connor, a uh, Coleman Shelton, Shelton or Brewer. Either one of those guys can play center or can play guard. So maybe you sign one of those players, and then you see in the draft, oh, let's go grab a center, or oh, let's go grab a guard, and then whatever free agent you signed you you move him accordingly to wherever the, the rookie will play opposite. Hey, uh, real quick, um, they've added some assistant coaches, um, Liam yeah. Cohen, obviously, and they they added uh, Carberry as the offensive line coach, mm-hmm. um, and they just added McClendon, right? Yeah, as I'm the, excited as about wide receivers. Yeah, tell me a little bit about him. I, I heard you guys talking that, you know, some yeah. people have talked about him as a really – you know, kind of uh, upbeat guy, maybe, you know, charismatic, maybe a future head coach in this league. It's got so. his father played yeah. uh, famously at uh, Georgia, I believe it was. Willie McClendon. McClendon. Yeah. yeah. He, so tell me he about was, he was kind of like the, the big dog at Georgia, pun intended, um, mm-hmm. setting up, setting some Georgia records until Herschel Walker came along. <laughs> yeah. He was obliterating him. Yeah. But, but yeah, Brian McClendon, uh, reminds me a little bit of, of like a PJ Fleck. I was going to um, mention that name. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Tomlin, where he's young, he's just turned 40. Mm-hmm. I'm recruiter for Georgia wide receivers coach. Uh, he coached Debo Samuel at, uh, South Carolina also recruited and coached for one year, Xavier Leggett, who was the South Carolina Gamecock breakout receiver this year for them, probably a second round pick. He was at Oregon for a couple of years. Uh, Troy Franklin, the wide receiver from Oregon, that could be a connection there. But even before he became a wide receivers coach, so of course you're thinking Lad McConkey, right? The, the current yeah. Georgia Bucks. But even before that, he was a running backs coach at Georgia. Isaiah uh, Crowell, Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, those were all his protégés. Mm-hmm. So he's done a really good job of developing talent and recruiting it. So obviously. Uh, he's got some connections now. And so you add him and, and Liam Cohen into the draft mix and man, they, they can sit there and give some really good Intel to the Bucks scouts in front office about not only do we know these players intimately because we recruited them or coached them at these various stops, whether it's Kentucky, South Carolina, Oregon, Georgia, but we also played against these guys, man, this cornerback gave us problems, right. you know, against Miami, yeah. 
receivers. Uh, you know, for Liam Cohen, he's like, yeah, that pass rusher gave us problems uh, when I was an offensive coordinator at Kentucky. So just helps you out a little bit in terms of, of some of that. And it's not even like the positions that they coached, right? You got Cedric Van Praan, who's the center of Georgia. He could, you know, you could get some intel from him straight from, from Brian McClendon. The running backs, Kendall Milton, who I love, mm-hmm. uh, Dejan Edwards, the other running back in Georgia. So there, there's a, a litany of ways that some of these new coaches can help the Buccaneers when it comes to the draft. All right, my friend, uh, great stuff as always. Uh, tell us what's coming up on uh, Pewter Report this week, what you guys got going on. It's so, it's a Tuesday, so we have our podcast at 4 o'clock on Pewter Report TV. That's our YouTube home for our Pewter Report podcast. You can catch them live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday at 4 o'clock Eastern. Uh, or you can always watch the archived version uh, on Pewter Report TV. So we encourage you to subscribe. It's free. Just go to YouTube and type in Pewter Report TV. That's our channel. Next week, we're going to be going to the Combine on Monday. So no Monday podcast, but we will have podcasts live from Indy, probably in prime time. Nice. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday after our Combine coverage. So check that out. You can also follow us on PeterReport.com, the mothership, and on social media on X, Facebook, and Instagram at Peter Report. Indianapolis, so beautiful this time of year. So beautiful this time of year. Scott, I may be at the Combine. If I do, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Please, yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah you yeah. guys can um, go over to uh, St. Elmo's and have a beer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And maybe a for sure. $100 steak. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you so can, can try the shrimp cocktail, too. When, oh, so or good. Spicy. So good, so yeah. good. Um, yeah. I was there, the night I was there, Peyton Manning was there. I was mm-hmm. there for uh, March Madness, okay. and Peyton was there, and he was holding court. And he, like, bought a round of shrimp cocktail for, like, a people. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's a yeah. He's like, round of shrimp cocktail for the yeah. Wow. It's always fun. We, we like I think this it was Paige Manning. <laughs> yeah, it was Bailey Adams last year who we we got with the shrimp cocktail. Nice. If you, if you don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin it for everybody. But if you don't know, it's like super ridiculous spicy. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. look like it is. And so when people, you know, dip it in there and and bite down to that shrimp. You need your sinuses cleared out. Oh yeah, your mouth is on fire. Thankfully for me, I'm allergic to shell, shellfish, so I have the ultimate excuse not to participate. Oh, but I have man. seen many a pewter reporter. Um, you know, <laughs> literally catch on fire in front of me and almost combust because it's very, very hot, spicy. Uh, it's good though. It's, it's good. Awesome. Horseradish spice is different. Like I like chili spice. Yeah. I I can't handle. But yeah. horseradish spice, wasabi spice, doesn't bother yeah. me as much. Is yeah. that is that weird? But it's no, so. it's not weird. I, I'm a mild child, so I mean, like yeah. when I go to Taco Bell, sometimes uh, even oh, I'm with, like, yeah. no that's sauce, chili spice. I'm that's I'm chili spice. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't handle that at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm mild all the way. Hot Frank's hot sauce, you know, just a little bit of de- little yeah. dab does me. That's can't good. Do any of that? Yeah. All right. I good love, for you. Oh man, that's yeah. my favorite. Ketchup Frank's. is about as spicy as I get. <laughs> That's about it. I can handle ketchup. (laughs) All right, Scotty. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. See you next week. All right. Um, By the way, this is the uh, message of the day coming in here. I have to go back uh, when we were talking about your screen size. Lonnie says, it's all about how you use it, Tim. 32 inches or 75. Who cares? There you go. You know what? I'm the only one that matters when it comes to that. It's not not the size. It's how you you dangle the carrot. Is that what they say? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I got to get this one in too from uh, uh, Mr. Down, uh, always, always Debbie Downer, James. 
Not always. I'm just having with you. Don't go crazy. Says, I guess Liam Cohen is jumping for joy, moving his family across the country to coach Trask and a 26 year old Michael Penix with two bad knees, throwing to Godwin and Trey Palmer. Wow. Yeah. If they don't sign Baker and, uh, and Evans, where are we at, kids? Where are we at? The, the, the rebuild commences for sure, no doubt. You know, it, it's, it's, I know you don't even want to think about that. And I don't think it comes to that. I think, you know, as Scott mentioned, these relationships they built are important. Uh, the culture they built here in Tampa, people want to play here. They want to stay here. And that's part of it. And that's why these guys will, if they do hit the open market, don't lose your mind um, because there's news on Justin Fields, which takes away leverage from, uh, from Baker Mayfield. So we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll give you that news. Um, and I have another tidbit on the Rays. Eric Neander was on Sirius XM, and I was listening to him. He said something really, really interesting vis-a-vis Stu Sternberg. So we'll give you that as well when we come back. Uh, we're brought to you by Italiano Insurance. Get that insurance checkup, folks. It can save you literally thousands of dollars on your business insurance, on your homeowner's insurance, on your auto insurance, any insurance product you have. Italiano will manage it for you. They'll get you the lowest prices and whatever issues you have. They've helped me out so many different times on issues I've had with my auto insurance and this, they deal with it. You don't, that's the beauty of it, folks. You got more things to do in your day than waiting on hold for 55 minutes, right? Don't do it. Let Italiano insurance handle it. That's what they do. Great customer service. 813-877-7799. Tell them JP sent you back in three. Stay with us. This is the strike. 1025 WHPT, HD2, Sarasota, Tampa, St. Pete. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again. Once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rates, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done. And guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work. She did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money. And that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up. 
40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. They will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community. Been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. Start the new year with a new diamond from the gold and diamond source. It's still engagement season. Where better to get that special ring than the gold and diamond source? Of course, I just got mine there. I'm engaged. You should do the same thing. Let's go. Gold and diamond source has the largest selection of engagement rings in the country. A literal jewelry superstore with 30 times the inventory of any normal jeweler and if you have a loved one or a special person in your life who has a birthday this month maybe you have an anniversary coming up you can get 15 percent off the january birthstone which is garnet as in garnet and gold for all your seminoles celebrate that mythical national championship and it's the golden diamond source's 40th anniversary for the past 40 years they have taken pride in offering only natural diamonds formed over billions of years from the earth's incredible forces and gold prices are at an all-time high now's your chance to turn your jewelry box into a cash machine it's the perfect time to trade in your broken or unworn pieces for something new and stunning. It's the Golden Diamond Source 3800 Omerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Let's go. Right now, back to the show on Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here for our second hour. T.J. Reeves is going to join us around 1140, 1145. We'll talk some more Buccaneers, and uh, he sat right next to me. For the uh, USF game the other day on uh, on Sunday, the big win over FAU. Did you watch any of that, IndyCar Tim? I absolutely did. Yeah, being on you know national TV, I yeah. was able to do that. So it was a, uh, you know, I, how did it look? Looked like it, a great it atmosphere. Looked really good, man. That you know, you guys were sort of touting that arena and the atmosphere inside the arena uh, last week when we were talking about the game. And uh, I mean, it just like like looked like a fun place to be. You know, a really good. That's what college basketball is about, yes. man. That's why I yes. love college basketball. Yes, yes, and it. You know, it's been a while since I've been to a game, and uh, I'm definitely going to go back. I love the atmosphere. It's just, and that team is good, fun to watch. You know, you don't like going to college or any sporting event when the teams just aren't good. Yeah. But you know, college games are a little bit better. Just a little bit more. You know, it's a fun atmosphere to be in. But man, when you got two teams like that, and both of those teams are tournament teams, like yeah. there's no question. Um, D- Dusty May was asked that, and he's like, "Yeah, these, these, you know, this is a tough team to play against on many levels. His team is no doubt. Um, he's got 14 guys back from Final Four team. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a tournament team. So whoever they could probably meet in the title game uh, in the AAC uh, tournament title game, and whoever loses that game should be in the tournament. They should yeah. get at least two teams, if not three. That league is that league is good this year. It really is. And just watching USF." They're a good. They're a good basketball team, man. They've got all the ingredients to to. I'm not, I'm not saying they're winning the national championship. They're not a top ten team, but um, you know FAU made it to the final four. Anything can happen. Yeah. Um, they've. I think they're they're a little small up front. Um, other than that, if they could have, they had a big guy last year, uh, Chua. Chua, Chua it was an African name that I don't pronounce very well. He's playing at Georgia now. He moved on to Georgia. Uh, he was a beast inside. If they still, if they could have held on to him, they would. I think they could be a Final Four team because uh, they got a little exposed by the uh, by the big Russian kid FAU. He's really really good. That kid is very athletic. Um, he's really really good. I think he's he's got a uh, he's got a future in the NBA. He can run the floor. 
Um, he's he's got a, a a lot of different low post moves, which you don't see anymore. Um, he can shoot the ball from the free throw line. Good player, really good player. But the you know the Bulls handled him okay. He got yeah, he got his, but um, in in the in the moments when they needed to keep him off the scoreboard, they did. Yeah, uh, Walker did a nice job on him for the most part uh, down the stretch. So. You know, it's it. They've got good perimeter shooting. They got guys that can isolate and go one on one late in the game. Um, Selton Miguel is he is uh, he's legit. He is legit six eight six six seven. You know, 230, 40 pounds. He, and when he takes it to the hole, he makes space. He's tough to guard. Um, you know, Chris Youngblood, who we had on the show on Friday, what a I great he had a good game. game. Yeah, he had a great game. Twenty three points. He's like, 23 points, 11 of 12 from the free throw line hit. There was three for three from, from, from beyond the arc and yep. the big threes, really timely threes. And he's so composed, such a composed player. When, you know, when they were making the FAU was making their run, um, you know, you saw no panic in this team, even though they cut it from 25 to one, you saw no panic. You did you did, you kind of felt like USF was still going to win the game. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's that's rare for a team that's not been in this position. Now some of these players have. Um, uh, Selton played at uh, in the Big Twelve in some big games, uh, and, and you know the Kennesaw State kids were in the tournament last year, so they played in some some big time atmospheres. And you know so these these and Kobe Knox is a heck of a young player. Um, they've got some pieces on this team. I think th- I think they're going to make the tournament. And, you know, maybe they get to the Sweet 16. I don't think it, you, it's one of those teams, if you're, uh, you know, if you're like the sixth team from the ACC to get in the tournament, you know, you're like a 10-11 seed, you don't want to play USF. You want no part of that because um, they're going to play their ass off and they're going to play together and they're going to they're gonna be a tough out. So um, that was a fun atmosphere. It was – and I, I look forward to going back. I'm going to another team. I'm gonna have to go get so, me a USF hat. I think start start representing USF here in DFW. All right, we'll send you we'll send you one. I mean, we got, I get a bunch of them. I'll send you one for That'd sure. Be great. Yeah, I love their colors, man. The colors are great. Yeah, the colors. Although they they wore the off green this week, that neon yeah, green. Yeah, that's that is really sharp. Really sharp. They they that is a it's kind of a different color and it's very differentiating yeah. for them. Um, yeah, I tell you what, the if you're and if you're a recruit. If you're one of those guys that's in the transfer portal, because the, the thing that USF has been missing, I think, is an atmosphere. They've been missing, you know, that home court atmosphere that these kids love to play in. You know, when there's two or 3,000 fans in there, you're not getting any kids out of the portal to come, not not any quality right. kids. If you can continue to keep that atmosphere, and, you know, frankly, we, we ought to support it, you know, locally here just from a community. If you like basketball – you like college basketball, pro basketball. If you're a basketball fan, tickets are cheap. It's a very intimate environment. It's easy to get to, easy to park, easy to get in. Um, you know, why not? You know, why not support this program? Yeah, you know, speaking of, of basketball, I'm, I'm kind of the uniform czar around here. Like, I, I critique uniforms and, and logos okay. and colors like that. It's right. kind of what I'm known for around here. We had a really bad look here in DFW over the weekend as our, our hometown Southern Methodist University Mustangs. Oh, yeah, they're coming to town Sunday. We're hosting Memphis, all right? Yeah, big game. Uh, Memphis and, and SMU have very similar blue colors, like almost identical blue colors. Yeah. So they're on the red and blue Mustang court. Memphis was wearing their all blue, but they had black numbers and black names against that super deep dark blue. From the That's- wide angle... TV shot, 
they just looked like they're wearing blank blue, like with nothing on them because you couldn't see the black. But then, and again, I'm a fan of one team wears white, another yeah. team wears their color. I right. hate, I absolutely despise when you've got two teams, whether it's freaking football, softball, baseball, whatever, and they're both wearing colors. The Mustangs were wearing their deep, dark red. And then you had Memphis wearing those deep, dark blues. And it yeah. was not like easy the on the eyes. Throw up. Yeah. It was not easy on the eyes. It was a bad blue. I don't know if that was planned. I know, okay, that's kind of a new thing the NBA's done in here recently where both teams will wear their, their traditional colors rather than one team wearing white uh, or a lighter color, whatever. I don't like it. I hate it. It's a bad look. And, and it's my rant. by the way, crisp white uniforms with your color accents are they're fantastic. Nothing they're better. classic. They are so good. I mean that to, to me those are like those pop those mm-hmm. pop when you have the you know the ni- the nice white ones and, and USF's got really really cool white ones so yeah I don't yeah I couldn't you know, watch not, it man you know. I'm a big I, I'm a supporter of SMU I almost went to SMU uh, but I dude I could not freaking I everybody's looking for that you know that transcendent you know that's gonna go viral looking for that uniform eh, you know some and sometimes it looks good on paper. Like right. the design looks good on paper right. and in, in an HD graphic picture. But when you put it in practice on a court and now we're getting all these colored courts. I mean, sometimes yeah. we get, you know, you get these colored courts that match the uniforms of the, of the team that's playing on. And you're like, I can't even see the freaking players. What yeah. are we doing here? It's yeah. It was not a ridiculous. Good uh, Lonnie Wilkins says, remember the MLB players weekend from whether it was white on white versus black on black. Yeah. It, it doesn't, doesn't work. Does not work. Does not translate. No. Does not translate. Uh, but speaking of hoops, we didn't get a chance to hit this uh, yesterday, but the uh, the NBA All Star game over the weekend, <laughs> two hundred and eleven points. Even the commissioner was like, "Well, you scored more points than the other team. Congratulations." Can I? Just, and this is this is how bad it's gotten. This is how bad it's gotten, Tim. Like. Think back 20 years, 30 years ago, and I know we're going to be the old men talking on radio here, but it's like you didn't show up and not play. Like you you had pride. You know, when Magic John, I remember going to the, uh, was the 91 All-Star game in Orlando when after Magic had come out. 92, in, I think it was. 92. Mm-hmm. And it, this was, I was thinking the last game he was going to play, and he hits that deep three. Remember that? That yep. play, that was unbelievable. But th- yep. those guys had pride, and they would play against. They took pride in the East versus West, and they would play. Is it so hard? Is it so hard as a professional basketball player to go to an all-star game and play competitive basketball? It's basketball. But you're too cool for school to play any defense whatsoever. You, do you have to get paid $5 million a game to, to give me an effort? I mean, don't when you when you play in the summer against some of your guys in the gym, aren't you aren't you playing competitively? Don't you have pride in like, oh, I'm not going to let that guy score on me. I mean, I, I've seen these games go down in the off season. They get chippy. Yeah, like you know, I've seen these. You know, so hey, you, know, you you hear like, oh, this is where they run. You go and you watch it. You know, and you you're running on the other. I've, over the years, I've watched and the guys they play hard. They you know they they have pride, but in an NBA All Star game, you can't have any pride. When did it get so – to me, this is nothing but a big boom, a finger in your face to all the fans. Like, yeah, 
you know, we're all stars, but we're not going to play any defense. Eh, nah, you know what I'm I think it is? I'm not breaking a sweat here today. I'm not breaking a sweat here today. I mean, that's such a finger to the fans, and it's it's become accepted. It's become accepted that I'm just not going to play. I'm just going to go out here and shoot some threes. That's so disrespectful to the fans. Yeah, and it's, it's a game, and you can't work up a sweat for me. I mean, those fans are probably paying what a thousand dollars a ticket to go to this All Star game. Yeah, you can't you can't even be bothered to work up a sweat. I mean, the NFL Pro Bowl is pretty similar, but again, it's like. At least in the, in that game, when they were tackling, you'd say, okay, you could get hurt. This is right. freaking basketball. Oh, but JP, you could still get hurt. Uh, come on. It's basketball. Come on. You know, you could get hurt walking down the street as much as you could get hurt playing basketball. So, come on. It, 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 this, is, this is such a middle finger to the fans. And nobody cares. Nobody, oh, it's just the all-star game. You know what? I care. I care. Well, you can't go out there and even in the fourth quarter – getting a defensive stance and like, I want to see, let's see LeBron go one-on-one with Kevin Durant. Let's see. That's what it's supposed to be about is watching the greats go up against the greats. You've got great defensive players. You've got great offensive players, but here's the problem. Here's what I think the problem is. Number one, the NBA in and of itself is a broken product. It's a terrible product. It's unwatchable in my opinion. Yes, we have our local team here in Dallas and they're good. Maybe one of the greatest generational players of all on our team. I don't even care. I don't yeah. watch it. I don't watch the Mavericks. Yeah. I haven't since probably they won the title in 2011. But here's the problem is the culture in the NBA has changed so much now since yeah. the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, when you and I started watching it. Uh, and even for a lesser degree into the early aughts, you know, now you've got this generation of player and we talk about culture all the time on this show. They're just that younger generation that was raised differently. They're not. For the most part, they they don't have competitive spirit built into they're not them. Uber competitive. No, no they not. don't have that they're instilled not. in them like you nope. did with Jordan or Magic or uh, you know Isaiah Thomas. All these guys that played back then, they that's how they were raised out, in the All Star game, game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And even in an exhibition game, they would do that. They would play hard in the preseason when they were doing that. But now you just have these players who just think it's – and they're all buddies. That's another thing yeah, now. Exactly. They're all exactly. freaking buddies. They're all best friends. You didn't have that back in the day. You had yeah. rivalries. You had Bird versus – Bird. and by the way, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson did not like each other when they first started yeah. playing. They really right. to this day still kind of don't, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. okay. But now, freaking everybody's best friends. They all hold yeah. hands and go pray. Not that there's anything wrong with praying when you agents. go on the court, but yeah, it's just because yeah. teams are interchangeable now. There's no devotion to your team. There's no devotion to your teammates. It's like I'm going to go over here so and get all true. the money, Kevin Durant. You know, it's just yeah. man, it's 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 miserable. It's a bad product. And the NBA All Star Game. You know, it's bad when Stephen A. Smith starts going off on it, right? Yeah, I mean, so and that's how bad it is. I mean, it's seriously, we've gotten to the point where people are okay with it. Oh, it's just the all-star game. No, no, it's basketball. You get paid $60, $70 million a year to play freaking ba- <coughs> basketball. And you can't give me an effort? You're talking, you know, we, we got to come up with rules to get guys to play games? Oh, my gosh. I mean, are you serious? What a joke. What an absolute joke. So, I don't, yeah, I don't watch the NBA. Yeah. I went to this Magic game the other night, and I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, it was 30 years ago. I was watching Magic in the All Star. He wasn't not, wasn't in that building, but um, and I was saying, I was, I was like, that's that All Star game was like competitive. Like people were were trying to, you know, 
it wasn't, you know, I'm not talking about it was NBA finals competitive, but it was, you know, it was somewhat, right. they were, yeah, they had some pride. This is a joke. This is an absolute joke. And, and, and even watching the regular season game, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there with my 11 and under team and I'm like, you know, watch how they do this, watch how they do that. And I see some guy come down and just, you know, jack up a logo three. And I'm like, don't do that. Right, <laughs> right. That's not how you play basketball. Right. Is it fun to see, you know, Damian Lillard rise up from half court in a, in a, in a jump shot form and, and just swish the ball? Yeah, that's interesting. It's for the three-point contest. It's yeah. not for the game. You know, I'm just, yeah, whatever. It, it's, it, I, I, I yearn for the days when guys actually cared what the fans thought and put the fans first. Because yeah. nobody, uh, did anybody, does anybody ask the players that after the game? You know, you go out there and give that half-ass effort. What is that saying to a fan that paid $1,000 a ticket to go to that game? Or the fans yep. that, that took, you know, four hours out of their day to watch it on TV and you guys can't even, you guys can't even break a sweat. Does anybody ask that question? If I ever get into an NBA <laughs> uh, press conference, I'll ask that question. I'll ask yeah. it. Do you feel bad because you Do you feel bad sold that out? you're stealing money? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. It's ridiculous. All right. Uh, speaking of, of, of stealing money. Um, so I was listening to Eric Neander on XM uh, radio the other day. I, I wish I could remember the, the host's name and I, I apologize, but he asked, a re- it was a really interesting question. He said, he said, I'm looking at your roster, man. And, and, and I, t- I'm just, I'm just, you got a lot of good young players and I'm saying, you know, go out and sign JD Martinez. Like, go out. Like, he would look so good in the middle of your lineup. You know, so a guy in your clubhouse that has some gravitas. And, you know, he, Jade, please sign JD Martinez. I want to see the Rays sign JD Martinez. It, it, this would be a great, and he went on and on about how he'd be a great fit. You know what Neander said? It's very interesting. He goes, eh, I'm the wrong one to talk to. I was wow. like, what? he goes, Yeah, you're talking to the wrong guy. Who should wow. we be talking to? Wow. You're the you're the vice president of baseball operations. Don't yeah. you make the player personnel choices? Don't you have if you have to, as you told us a few months ago, you could go to 120, 130 million dollars in payroll. Didn't you say that? So who do we have to talk to? Would that be your owner, Stu Sternberg, who's uncomfortable with a ninety million dollar payroll? I think that's what he was talking about. Who else could he be talking about? And he said it. I, I want to get, I'm going to try to get the audio, but he said it in such a way, like he was like disgusted, like almost like, <clears throat> you don't think if I, if I could, I'd sign JB Martinez. Of course I would sign him. If I could, if I was allowed to, Yeah. of course I would. You don't think, and I've said this forever. You don't think Eric Neander would love to have $150 million payroll. You think he loves shopping at Walmart? You think people love to shop? If you can shop at Neiman Marcus, if you had that money, would you rather shop at Walmart? I don't think so. No, Walmart's the, the devil. <laughs> just, just, just because of the smell. And y'all got to deal with Florida Walmarts. I think that's even way, worse. I go to Walmart all the time. Yeah, me I'm, too. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I have one I'm, across I'm the street. Guy. Yeah, I, I have no problem going to Walmart. I just hate it. I just I hate it. But if I if I I'd rather go to <laughs> I'd actually not rather go to Neiman Marcus to be quite honest with you. But maybe you know maybe a nicer store would be would be fine. Maybe uh, some other stores we can name. But um, because I don't want to mix with those people either. They're, right. They're yeah. Evil. So yeah. Um, but the point is, you're a general manager. Of course, you would like to sign JD Martinez. You don't think this would be a better baseball team with Blake Snell in the rotation? Of course, it would. 
Okay, you people out there are like, oh, I don't want to sign him. That's too much money. It's not your money, for God's sakes. It's your owner's money either. who is uncomfortable with a $90 million payroll. Oh, poor Stu. I really, I think I'm going to set up the GoFundMe just for fun. Just, just for, for Stu? For Stu? Yeah, just for Stu. Put on there, this is a GoFundMe. Stu Sternberg is uncomfortable with his $90 million payroll. So we need to help him out. And please give whatever, $5, $10. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be funny. Uh, can you do that? Or are they, will they? I don't know. Do they have to approve it or can you just do it for anything? I mean, I don't know how the GoFundMe works. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> we could go off on the really bad direction here. Right. So, uh, by the way, so before we hit the break, are you going to give us the story? Yeah. You want it now? Yeah. I can do it here in a couple of minutes. With some writer's embellishment. If it's- yeah. So, Sunday night, uh, kind of a last minute deal late, went and met the lovely and talented Brit, who's. We'll just leave it, leave it at that. Okay. And, All right. And uh, her and I always have a good time. What is time. she talented at, Tim? What, what, where do her talents lie? Lots Can of I stuff. Lots of stuff, JP. Uh, and for those of you that don't follow me on TikTok, go follow me on TikTok at IndyCar Tim. Just search for IndyCar Tim on TikTok, and you will see lots of videos between Tim and Britt okay. uh, when we go yeah. out. We just have a good time. So anyway, we went out um, to our local watering hole down the street here in Plano and partook in some cocktails right had a had a mm-hmm. really nice time like we always do yeah tim tim used to drink crown quite a bit okay but the older was, tim got third person yeah no, the older tim got good. he couldn't handle his crown it made him mean <laughs> and for some reason sunday old tim decided to visit young tim and, and handle up on some crown oh. and uh-huh. so you know when i'm with brit Things are on the just verge of going south really quick because she is so beautiful and so gorgeous. Guys, guys, guys are intimidated, right? Like, holy crap! Yeah. I and mean, I see somebody looking at her, and yeah. I mean, she's her own person; she can do whatever she wants. But drunk Tim starts to get offended, right? So we were on the verge of that already okay. on Sunday. Just mm. the wrong dude walks in the bar, gives the wrong look, and I'm like, "Let's go." That, that's all it took. He didn't have to say anything. He just gave it a look. Sometimes. However, that is not what happened Sunday. Sunday, I avoided the fight. This is not yeah. the result of a fight. Oh, wow. I all think right. That's where we were going here. I, yeah. I know. I would like, that's writer's embellishment, right? I'm leading this, going with the story here. So uh, I would love to say, hey, you should see the other guy. Unfortunately, the other guy in this case mm-hmm. is the nightstand next to my bed. Oh. Because the winner once again, again, the crown and Tim realizes why he doesn't drink crown. Uh, several hours later, I'm literally at home safe. Didn't fight anybody. I was kind of proud yeah. of myself. T- Britt and I were yeah. texting each other. She's like, I'm really proud of you for not killing somebody tonight. I know you wanted yeah. to. And I was like, yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm great. Growing up. L- yeah. Literally put the phone down, fall asleep, wake up in a pool of blood at four in the morning, Sunday, Monday morning, late Sunday night next to my bed as I have rolled off the bed in my sleep in a crown royal induced coma. And I didn't even wake up when I fell and, and did all of this. How do you not wake up if you could cuss yourself? Crown, wow. I guess. Dude, wow. so literally pull of blood. How many bottles did you have? Pull of vomit. And so, dude, the vomit oh, no. and blood mixture. Oh, There's still a stain on the carpet. I'm still trying to work it out. Wow. Um, you know, this but is yeah, that's because what this is. Yeah, it's fantastic because once, you know, 
I have gone, you know, away from the evil alcohol because, you know, there have been many moments in my life that I regret because of uh, alcohol. It's a great um, song, by the one way. Of, one of the greatest songs ever, by the <laughs> way. Some of the greatest lyrics ever. Yep. Um, teaching white men to dance. Yep. Uh, yeah. It, and so I said, you know, I don't, I don't need this anymore. I really don't need this in my life. And it's like, you know, as Ashley loves to say, you look so much better than when I first met you. Your face is so much less puffy. Your eyes yeah. are less puffy. The bags under your eyes are not there anymore. It's a, like they were. I mean, my like nose right here. Like, like everything, like everything. She's like, you, you, you slim down, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, it's nice. I don't wake up with hangovers anymore. I, I rarely, rarely, yeah. rarely partake into, into the alcohol. And when I and do, I, I just, drink beer. I'm a big Miller Lite drinker. That's my drink. I love fireball I like shots. Beer. I love Tuwaka shots. I love Rumple shots. And I love Goldschlager shots. That's a, that's a, it's a liqueur. It's a, just, it's a liqueur, flavored liqueur. I don't know. I can't tell okay. you what the flavor is, but it's, it's usually chilled. It's, it's really good. I do all the shots, but I usually drink beer or just like a Tito's vodka and, uh, and Sprite or soda or whatever. That's kind of all I do. So the Nathan, crown for I, me was a, was a, was a devi- deviation. So I hate to even ask this. But Nathan says, Tim, have you have you had the Blackberry Crown Royal yet? I've done a shot. I've done a couple of shots of it. It's not bad. I'm not a Blackberry fan, but it's okay. not bad. It's Crown, so I tried it. I mean, there's vanilla Crown now. I will tell you a drink. If you think you're a man and you only think you only like manly drinks, yeah, go try you a Crown Vanilla and Cranberry. Crown, Crown Vanilla with Cranberry Juice. That is a huh. delicious concoction that I almost got. I would never, to. I would never have thought that. Me um, neither. Somebody, some bartender made it for me one. Actually, she made it by accident for somebody because they ordered a regular crown and cranberry. So she, you know, I knew her. So she's like, "Hey, this is a mistake. Do you want it?" I'm like, "Sure. What is it?" And she told me, and I was like, "I mean, oh my god, it was gone. It was so good. Wow. Yeah. Vanilla crown. I'm not a big, not a big crown drinker, so I probably won't try that. But well, just know that it's good." Okay, I'll buy it for somebody else. Yeah. All right, um, Nathan Elliott loves it. Yeah, he's a, he's a huge fan. There we nice. go. Nice, nice. All right, uh, quick break. When we come back, TJ Reeves is going to join us. We're going to talk some college hoops, a little Buccaneers as well. Um, and uh, we'll get into some other shenanigans as well. We're brought to you by the great folks at the Gold and Diamond Source. It's always a great time to make up for that screw-up on Valentine's Day. We're still drinking there. Okay. Okay. Um, if you've screwed up on Valentine's Day, get to the Golden Diamond Source, and they will make everything right. They'll make it everything right. Bring your credit card. They'll make everything right. You're still in the doghouse. You can't get out. Uh, obviously, they have the best selection. If you're thinking about getting engaged, no other place to go but the Golden Diamond Source. Three to five years, 0% financing, folks. That's a big deal. Don't just put it on your credit card, but you can do that. So lots of great things going on over there. If you need a watch or want to invest in a Rolex or one of those baller watches, great investment these days. Those are going up in value. Great selection at the Gold and Diamond Source. 3800 Elmerton Road, always online at thegoldanddiamondsource.com. Back in three with TJ Reeves. Stay with us. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as 
Nevada's class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering, and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. JP here for the Geddes Gordon Real Estate Group and our good friend Jane Geddes. Folks, simply put, there is nobody like Jane. Jane is a former LPGA two-time major championship winner. She was also vice president of talent relations at WWE. She also has a law degree from Stetson. So if Jane can drain a 10-footer to win the U.S. Open and stare down Hulk Hogan in the boardroom, you want Jane on your real estate team to not only negotiate the best deal, but find you the perfect home or investment property. And when you work with the Geddes Gordon Group, you become part of the real estate family and get concierge services that include expertly staging marketing and preparing your home for sale. Advice on golf properties. Hey, you might even get some golf tips. Many of their clients become friends long after the sale or purchase is completed. It's all part of the deal. So if you're looking for that perfect home or investment property or trying to get top dollar for your home, go with Jane Geddes and the Geddes Gordon Group because there's nobody like Jane. Call 813-485-6808 or go to geddesgordon.kw.com. That's G-E-D-D-E-S gordon.kw.com or call 813-485-6808. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again. Once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rates, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done, and guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work she did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money, and that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up. 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. They will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community. Been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show on Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here on this. Uh, it's Testosterone Tuesday. Testosterone brought to you by Bay Tuesday. Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Following a concussion Monday. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We're taking care of everything here. Uh, brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center. If your testosterone is not right, get it right. And uh, make sure you do your self-injections on every Tuesday. Uh, brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center. B-A-M-M-C.com. I am. Um, I had a, a friend of mine that I, I, I sent over to uh, the Bay Area Modern Medical Center and, you know, gave, gave him the whole kit to, to self-inject. And there's a there's an extraction needle, which is thick. Yep. And then there's an injection needle, which you take one, yeah. the extraction and you put on. Yep. 
Well, either he didn't listen, oh, but that's what happened. No. He didn't listen during during the application process, <laughs> technique teaching, Holy or he crap. forgot or something. But anyway, he's like texting me. He's like, dude. I thought you said it, the injections didn't hurt. <laughs> I'm like, uh, they don't. Did he use the 18-gauge extraction needle? <laughs> the harpoon. Oh, my Lord. Poor guy. <laughs> no. And I was like, I'm like, did you change the needle? And he goes, what? So <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to take the extraction needle off. Holy Put the injection needle on. That's why you have two needles. So he told you that in the, in the he goes, oh, I just wasn't really paying attention. I'm like, well. That's why wow. That's what your ass feels like. Poor dude. I feel it's like you brother. just got harpooned. Yeah. Because you did. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how whales feel. <laughs> not good. Jeez. So, yes, don't don't make that mistake. Look out for those Japanese fishing boats yeah, around gentlemen. your butt. Yes. Um, all right, I want to get to some of the comments uh, from today that we have not got. Did we get everything else in there that I wanted to get you in You said there? you had some uh, Justin Fields news. Oh, yeah, Justin Fields news. Uh, Lonnie Wilkins gave us that a little bit earlier. Uh, Justin Fields has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram and followed some Falcons, guys. This is the way it's done. That's how they do it now. We don't call press conferences and answer questions and tell people what's really going on. We... We just uh, we take it off our Instagram and uh, <laughs> how silly is this world that we live Don't in? Get it, man. Yeah. How about you put something out like um, looks like we'll be looking for a new team yeah. because whatever X something happened. No, we'll just unfollow and you know passive aggressive is the way to go. <laughs> God, I guess it's our culture, JP. I just be a man. Hey, looks like I'm moving on from the Bears. They are, they're not going to offer me a contract. So uh, looking for suitors out there instead of this, Jeez. you know, like, what what are we doing? Is it that hard? Oh, and everybody else has to go. Oh, I think he's unfollowed. Even like when you're does does, does, does a social social media person do that? They say, hey, unfollow, uh, take all my bear stuff off and uh, start following some Falcons. Or do you do it yourself? Because these guys all have social media guys, right? Well, they have to. Some of them do. Well, actually, some of them should. That <laughs> Some of them should. And then change them, the password. Don't. Like, don't, don't let them have access. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so this means, and, you know, I, I've always, I've said, we've been talking about this a lot. I think that Justin Fields is a great fit for the Falcons. Um, but how, is, how does it affect the Buccaneers? Well, there's been talk that the Falcons might go after Baker Mayfield. Right. So good, get Justin Fields out. Now, the bad part is for Bucks fans, I think Justin Fields in a Falcons uniform is going to be a handful with the with the you know with uh with Raheem Morris and um oh who's their new uh Zach, what's his name? Their new Oh the OC. Yeah, coming over from the Rams. So basically you're putting Justin Fields in that Rams offense with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. I mean Zach Robinson, got, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've got some. Uh, they got some players, dog. And the offensive line ain't too shabby. They got a top ten defense. That de- that that team with a quarterback, and that doesn't have to be a great quarterback, but a, a guy that's that can run like that. And and Justin played well in the second half of the season. I don't think he's as bad as he's looked in Chicago. I think that's more about the dumpster fire that was, that is Chicago, the Bears organization, than it is Justin Fields. I'm not here to say that he's you know, the next Patrick Mahomes, but that's that seems like a pretty damn formidable sure. offense right there. 
Yeah, and I'm not a Justin Fields guy, like, at all. I think he was a terrible pick. I Traditionally, guys out of Ohio State don't perform well. Mm-hmm. Last year, obviously, your exception was C.J. Stroud, um, lighting the league on fire in his rookie year. However, I would like to see what C.J. Stroud does in year two when they've got a whole year of tape on him and they know his tendencies. And I'm not saying he won't be good, just saying I, I don't expect him to have the season he had uh, in his rookie year. But to me, Justin yeah. Fields, man, he's just been like every other Ohio State quarterback that came out yeah. that just have been not good, you know. And I don't know. I just don't see the arm. I don't see the arm. Oh, C.J. Stroud's not too bad. No, that's what I just said, like except for right. C.J. Stroud coming out this year. But, yeah, but I don't expect him now that the league has an entire year of tape on him and they know his mm-hmm. tendencies and stuff. I don't think he'll have the same year he had next year. I think he'll be good still. Just I think that was an anomaly. But, you know, I, I like C.J. Stroud. So uh, I know you're a big uh, racing guy. You watched the, the end of the Daytona 500. I was trying to keep an eye on it while I was watching the lightning uh, meltdown last night. So, you know, what's funny is I know it got rained out on Sunday. Right. I saw the announcement that they would be running it on Monday. I looked for it for about five minutes on Monday, and I could never find it. So, no, I didn't even get to watch the freaking thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, w- I was watching it last night, and they, with about 12 to go, um, uh, it was uh, Alex Bowman pushed uh, William Byron, and then sideswiped Kozlowski, who was running second. A 22-car crash ensued. Um, but Byron got out uh, relatively unscathed. It's like the guys that always cause the the, the shenanigans somehow get, come out unscathed. Right. They and, heard the other move people. Forward. Yeah. So, you know, um, and then uh, so Byron got his first Daytona 500 victory and another cra- crazy finish at the end. They, they they had finished under yellow coming to the line, man. Right. It was it was it was pretty great. Those it, it's like. You know, 480 laps of shenanigans, and then they get down to business, and there's probably two or three wrecks in the final 20. Right. It's just weird. It's just weird racing. I don't know. Well, that's what you get. I don't know how much of a NASCAR fan you are, how much you watch. It's what we call restrictor plate racing. Yes, exactly. In 1987, yeah. when when Bill Elliott hit the 213 mile an hour mark. Yeah. In his Buick, they were like, okay, we, we got to slow this down a little bit. So they you know they put little restrictor plates on the carburetors to, to limit the amount of carburation that goes on inside so now every car is exactly the same it doesn't matter what you do you're all going to be bunched together and you're all going to be drafting and slipstreaming and crashing together i've never yep. been a fan of that there's other ways Me to neither. slow that down yeah I, I don't understand yeah i don't exactly know how to fix it but it just seems like a, a recipe for disaster um so i'm not not a big fan of the restrictor plate racing no I, I guess unless you want to just you know watch crashes all day yeah. all day and that's what a lot of people do i guess i don't know yeah um nathan elliott says uh yeah the unfollow and new follow culture is a bunch of pansy ass cowards yep. i don't get it man i don't get it it's, well i do i mean it's, it's just passive aggressive stuff like yeah. but again can't you just come out and say what you want to say you know no but these I, guys I aren't trained to do that these young guys don't know i've i've never had to say what i want to say my entire life i just let someone else do it for me or let my passive aggressiveness do it for me yeah lonnie wilkins says yandy diaz biceps are bigger than all the rays prospects arms combined <laughs> randy's looking buff too someone get junior Caminero some dumbbells you know it's it, baseball has never been a weightlifting sport right never no. was until mcguire and canseco came along right Oh my you gosh, know, um, right. Bonds. A good, a good friend of mine, um, the guy I played high school baseball with, Joe McEwen, was he pitched in the bigs for a few years and he was like in spring training when that 
when that whole thing was starting, when the steroids thing was starting. In fact, he, the White Sox shared, I think they shared a facility with the A's and they shared a weight room. So it was like, you know, the guys, you know, baseball players would go in there and do some weightlifting, but not, nothing heavy. Like you just, right. that wasn't something you did. Baseball players didn't do heavy lifting. So they went in there and he's, he's like, holy crap. And McGuire and Canseco are, are benching like 450 and they're going throwing it up 450 and 500 pounds in a baseball, you know, weight room. And everybody was like, what the hell's going on over there? Like that ain't anything we've ever seen in a baseball locker room or, or weight room before. So yeah, everybody is, as he says, everybody knew they were doing steroids. Everybody, everybody knew. Um, yeah, it was no, it was no secret in any of those locker rooms what was going I've on. I've got some steroid stories we can get into uh, one day. All right, yeah. buddy, mind that's, good that's good off season fodder to yeah. be sure. Um, but yeah, so yeah, and not to say that Yandy's on steroids. That's not what I was saying. But he is he is the modern day, and and the the thing about baseball is the game has never been more athletic, and I think that's fantastic. It's never been more athletic. The power and speed, size, and everything that we the athletes that we are seeing playing baseball right now, yeah, are light years ahead of what we used to. I don't know if it's better baseball. I don't know if it's better baseball. But if you go back, like I've got a picture behind me of the big red machine. Yeah. Can, Love me the big red machine, man. We've talked about that before. I mean, that was my team I, of I my look youth. At George Foster, and I'm like, that dude is like 6'2, 130. <laughs> uh, let's bring in TJ Reeves. Uh, speaking of nostalgia, you remember those, um, those I'm days? La- my I'm laughing along with you. Yeah, there, yeah, the different era there. You look at Dave the Concepcion's a buck 25. Exactly. Yeah, Tony, no. Tony Perez isn't weighing 200 pounds. Pete no. Rose, no, man. No. Yeah, the big red machine. That's the only uh, team you could watch in the 70s because they were so good. They're on, on baseball every week. That's yeah. true. On NBC, that was the only team I could People watch. People cannot fathom as we get ready to begin a baseball season. Good to be with you, boys. Timmy. Good to see you. Uh, JP, good to be with you guys. Uh, people can't fathom with every game on TV everywhere that you used to have one game on game TV of the week. every week. The game yep. of the week on Saturday yep. afternoon. That's all yep. you got yep. in the 70s and the 80s. A yep. game. Yep. Joe Garagiola, Tony Kubek. That's exactly oh, yeah. right. That was yeah. it. And, and that's it. And now you might occasionally later in the summer get like a Monday night baseball game on ABC, but you're thinking about by and large one game on TV. And now you have 11 games like every day. In yeah. the baseball I season. remember, I remember that Brown cable box that had three rows on it. Remember right. this? Yes. And I remember my friend saying to me, Marty Engelman, good friend, still lives here in Tampa local appraiser um we were and i'd go over to his house and he, he had this thing this this brown box and he's and he told me he said there's a baseball game on every night on wtbs true yeah. yes the atlanta braves and i was like well, the interesting what? thing there's a just baseball get, game on we, as we get completely nostalgic is you had wgn, WGN in the early days yeah. of cable that had a cubs game on every day in day the daytime yes because they had no lights on the stadium that's right had to play in the day Wrigley, so they get lights till 88 yeah it was 1988 correct you had the cubs in the daytime in the early to mid 80s when we were kids timmy you might yeah. be a little younger than us but when jp and i were in elementary school late middle 70s school, junior high, yeah late 70s early 80s Cubs during the day, Braves at night. Born in 71, so I was there. I was there, yeah. So you were right there with me. Wow. So you, you were right there with us. That, yeah. uh, that, that you know, that was a fascinating these players, thing. These players, there were, I mean, literally, they were all 165 pounds. Every, there was, there was, you didn't have many guys over 200. Like the first big guy I can even remember might be Bob Horner. He was kind of a chubby guy. 
Right. I don't even think he was Superstation, over right, on TBS. Yeah, yeah um, I can't even remember. Frank Howard, of course, yeah. you know, was was a monster back in the 60s. But um, then you go to the 90s, and everybody's built like a defensive lineman or a middle yeah. linebacker. Yeah. And, yeah. gee, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Cecil Fielder was always kind of big, but he, him and Tony Gwynn looked True. more fat than they looked big. Yeah, you know, they, right? were, back they don't the think they were doing roids. Those <laughs> no, they were, were, they were doing cheeseburgers is what they were doing. But but let me tell you what is was there a better guy to watch hit a baseball than Tony Gwynn? Oh man, like you, could, you, oh, could, yeah. you could go watch him and you go like, I, I, I'd say watch you. He won't miss. He he won't miss a ball. Like he won't swing and miss. Like the entire game, there were he'll have five there at were, bats, maybe six. He will not swing and miss, and he'll hit the even the balls he fouls off. He will would hit the, he the would go months, yeah. entire thirty yes. day periods without striking out. Yes. He couldn't strike him out. Yeah. For a month. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But that's not why we brought you here. on. No. Um, great <laughs> no, to see you, my nostalgia. friend. Great to, to see sit, you. Sit next to you. Speaking of nostalgia, at a basketball game that was filled to the rafters at USF on Sunday. That was that was that was that brought me back to some of the back the nineties, the games I used to watch at FSU and and all around the ACC. All right, so uh, I had been planning to be there. I had been there on Wednesday night for the Tulsa game, slightly less atmosphere and crowd than what was there Sunday. And lo and behold, I didn't know you were coming. Suddenly, JP's right there beside me. I'm like, we're all good. We're going to have a great time. If I'm going to be nostalgic, and again, full disclosure, some know this, I was the Bulls radio voice for 10 seasons, 1997 to 07. I am here to testify to the J.P. Peterson show in the congregation. There was only one other occasion in my run and since then where that building was like that, and we keep going back to December of 01 against the Florida Gators, yep. who had been in the national title game the year before with Mike Miller and company and lost to Mateen Cleaves and Michigan State. They rolled in without Mike Miller. He had gone to the NBA. The building was full, 10,400. Half of it was Gator fans. I was there, and the Gators controlled the whole game. Yeah, so now you well. fast forward 23 years later, and my man JP was there. I know you were there to help me while I'm sitting there going, this is really happening. The place yeah. is completely full. We're looking to our left, TV right in that end zone. JP, no exaggeration. Mm. There were 3,500 or more students so in that end zone, deal. TV right. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's like six home games for a yeah. lot of era uh, combined of student attendance. Yeah. So – uh, it was so neat, and I think they fed off that. You and I kept remarking about that. I think the players in the first no half question. fed off of it once they did a couple of positive things. What an atmosphere. What a day. You're going to talk about that day. Who knows what happens with the end of this season, but you're going to talk about that day because it hasn't happened in so long right. with the crowd and you won the game, JP. Yeah, you held on to win the game. So take me just X's and O's. You've called a lot of college basketball games, my friend. You 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 cover it. Uh, yep deeply it and i see a team that has a lot of great qualities this is not a fluke this is a good basketball team i'm not saying they're going to the final four but they're right, tournament right. worthy maybe sweet 16 worthy I, I think they're that balanced they're they're a talented well-composed well-coached team what do you think i think all those things are true and you and i sat in the post-game press conference of dusty may the florida atlantic yeah Head coach, they were in the final four a year ago. They've had the target on them all year. They've been in the top 25. They beat Arizona on a neutral floor. Uh, they they have been impressive for two full seasons with this same group. And he said, that's a heck of a basketball team, talking about USF and talking about the atmosphere. And I know he – it's so neat how it's intertwined. He and Amir Abdul-Rahim, the Bulls coach, go back to being assistant coaches together on the Murray State staff. 
They've known each other for 15 years. So what a, what a moment for USF and then what a moment for the two coaches to be part of all that. But Dusty May, I asked him the question. I said, is this a two-bid league? And he said, yeah, of course coaches are going to defend this. He said, yes, yeah. it should be. Uh, it should be a two-bid league. And right now, all right, let's paint the rosiest picture possible as we sit here right now. They play Texas-San Antonio tomorrow night, who they should beat in your state there, Timmy. They're coming yep. that way. Yep. All right, they should beat them. They're bad. All right, now if you beat SMU, you are realistically near the finish line, dare we say, at a 17-1 and regular season. you got to play a tough Char- – I know. you got to play a tough Charlotte team at Charlotte to get there. If rose-colored – green and gold colored glasses, you get to 17 and one to Mm -hmm. win the conference outright. It is going to be very difficult for that committee to look at that team and say, we're just going to dismiss 17 and one (laughs) and beating Memphis at Memphis. Yeah. They started their slide beating Florida Atlantic, beating SMU, beating Charlotte late in the year at Charlotte for a sweep 17 and one. Yeah. would be in range for that with a couple of wins this week. And it, it, if I'm not mistaken, though, if they, even, they can even drop the game to Charlotte to win the regular season title, their first ever in program history. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, they've never been 12-1, and one, got a chance to be 13-1. And, and like you were making mention, I saw some of the show yesterday. Yeah. Where was my golf invite, by the way, <laughs> yesterday? It was all the rain. I was, no, never mind. I, yeah. I checked out some of the show, and as you mentioned uh, there yesterday, uh, right now at 12-1, and one, uh, with this, nobody had that. Nobody, nobody had that. Nobody, and this team is nobody. playing with confidence. I loved, I loved uh, Amir Abdul-Rahim after the game saying, hey, we're not, and I believe him, we're not going to talk about 12, you know, 12th win in a row. They've won 11 in a row right now. No. We're not talking about that. We're only no. caring about the next game. We don't care about being 12-1 and one in the conference. 17-1 yeah. and one in the last 18 games. Yeah. One loss since mid-December. Uno. Yeah. They are, they are playing well. And it's fun to see. And a shout-out here to my buddy Jim Lighthall and Joey yes. Johnson, but Jim especially. Yeah. Jim has gone through a myriad of bad coaches, lots of losing, mostly empty arena. This is what it's all about. I'm thrilled for yeah. him. I'm thrilled for a lot of different people. Michael, Michael Kelly. Kelly. Michael yes. Kelly, who you and I saw Sunday, the athletic director, yep. who was under a tremendous amount of heat. Yep. How'd Michael Kelly do with the Alex Golish hire? Pretty good. How does it look with the Amir Abdul-Rahim Pretty hire? Good. Second time's a charm. Looks pretty good right now on both of those. All right, so we got a couple minutes left. Give me some uh, your thoughts on Bucks free agency. Um, The Monday came and went without a deal. Contrary to popular belief, I am not in text communication at the moment with Jason Light or the Glazers. (laughs) What are you doing? We do joke on this show that I I do not have coffee and donuts with them. That was a regular thing. I will say this. It's very quiet right now, and I think that's a good thing because I think yeah. you're going to see a couple of these deals get done quickly because the Bucks can obviously wheel and deal here before free agency begins with their own guys. And it right. may be a situation, this is common sense, we've both done this for a long time, where they've got deals, maybe two of them, a couple hypotheticals in front of Antoine Winfield. Yep. they got a deal or a couple hypotheticals right now in front of Baker Mayfield and a couple of them in front of Mike Evans. And you know what Jason Light and the staff are doing? Whoever says yes first – gets the best of those deals at the moment. Anybody want to say yes? And then you get the best of those deals. Because right now, when free agency begins, you can't franchise tag or or transition tag everybody. So it may may be that they're playing that situation to each other, to all three of them, and saying, whoever says yes first, you're going to get maybe more guaranteed money up front, more signing bonus money, because that's what we have to give. And we got to know what you want to do. We'll see. 
Yeah, you will see. I, I think um, you know Scott Reynolds was on earlier, and I think he made a good good point that the relationships that they built with Baker and Mike Evans are important. Um, yep. you know, agents can sit there and posture all they want about you know getting big deals, and, and we we hear they're far apart. I think when it comes down to it, those relationships mean a lot more to these really guys because you know, Mike and Baker are not. You know, this is not AJ Brown we're talking about. These these guys uh, understand what what their priorities are in life, and there's way more than money. And they want to get paid, and they're going to get paid. They're going to get paid, but they're not going to they're not going to be making these decisions based I on know, who has I, the highest offer. I know Timmy's an Aggie. I know in the Houston area they're going crazy. Get him on the open market. Yep. I would be shocked if Mike Evans ends up on the open market. I don't That's think all it's I'm happening. Saying, to close out the show. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think he ends happening. up on the open market. And if you're Baker Mayfield, we keep saying this, JP. We'll repeat it again here. Why do you want to start over in a fifth no. place? No. That's a no. fifth different situation. So no. I think you make a great point on kind of camaraderie there. They talk to each other. It's not an accident that Liam Cohen has a connection to Baker Mayfield and he's the offensive coordinator whose yeah, fingerprints exactly. are on that hire in part. Exactly. Absolutely. So let's just see here in the next three or four days. I'll close again with, I like it when it's quiet like this because that could mean a couple of moves are about to be made here in the next two or three days. And nobody's unfollowed anybody on Instagram. Like Justin Fields. (laughs) I'll rely on you guys to keep up with that. I can't keep up with the modern day passive aggressive. Right. The, 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 who's, who's upset. Oh, he unfollowed me. Well, you know what? Baker's Uh, not on social media. So I hear that, you know, you just prompted smart. me. I hear that in the other room from these two, from the twins all the time. <laughs> oh, so and so unfollowed me. And I I hear that's how they break up now. They just unfollow you on social media, and that's how you oh figure it out. God. So are you oh telling me God. amongst the twins, amongst themselves, they're going to text each other and say, I've broken up with you in the house here. I'm breaking up with you on yeah. social media, not yeah. in person, yeah. not the one-to-one communication. Yeah, nobody what talks anymore. Do? Listen, listen, it's always great to be with you. I know you got a role. Let's see what USF can do with uh, Texas San Antonio midweek. SMU, Southern Methodist in here from your area, Timmy. Yep, right down the road. Sunday, 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 in here on Sunday. Let's Let's see what happens. Always good to be with you on all subjects, my friend. Thank you, brother. The great T.J. Reeves right there. All right, uh, that'll bring this uh, incredibly wonderful, amazing show to a halt. Um, It was pretty good, wasn't it? It really was. I mean, we had nightstand violence. We had, uh, we had, I cried a couple of times today for Stu Sternberg being uncomfortable. I came from the heart, came from the heart. I really feel for him. Oh, That GoFundMe will be up soon. Um, (laughs) I'm literally going to try to do that. I know you are. I can't wait to see it. I have no doubt. I don't know, but can I get sanctioned for that? Who knows? Who knows? Oh, no. What does that even mean? Um, Great job, Timmy. Appreciate it, my friend. Well, we'll be posting everything in case you missed anything. Always uh, follow us on Apple and Spotify. Subscribe to the podcast. Also on YouTube as well, Fanstream Sports, the J.P. Peterson Show. And uh, on 102.5 HD2, tell all your friends we're back on the radio. We had somebody in the comments today said, J.P., we finally found you again. Thank you for finding us again. We are here. We bring it like we always have, folks. Uh, No corporate media here, my friends. Uh, It's just the real stuff. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.